This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. A demo. And Mark. All right. So, of course, you can bring up anything you want. That's the point of this radio program. But always, we bring things to the table to discuss at 855-450-FREE. Of course, uh, yesterday we were live on the Memorial Day edition of this program and had a lot of Memorial Day-related things to say. And, Mark, you talked about the platitudes, as you called them, these things that people are just kind of spout off to make themselves uh, feel better about the things that they support or to prevent them from having to question uh, the things that they support. And there was a news story that was kind of related to the discussion that we were having regarding a particular, I guess, talk host of uh, some sort on the MSNBC channel. Uh, according to the Weekly Standard, the Veterans for Fo- of Foreign Wars group has uh, been very upset by MSNBC host Chris Hayes when he told his viewers on his national program that he is uncomfortable with calling the war dead and the fallen heroes. All of the war dead and the fallen heroes is what um, actually you know I have uh, you know I, I've taken taken a look at it and it's it's really I, I don't even understand what their complaint is. He said something to, I, you know I, I assume you're going to read this here, but he, he said something like um, you know obviously there are individual circumstances um, that you know where let's see. Uh, let's see, desecrate a memory of anyone that's fallen, and obviously there's uh, any, there are individual circumstances in which there is genuine, tremendous heroism, hail of gunfire, rescuing fellow soldiers, things like that. So the suggestion is is if if a cook slips and falls on a piece of bacon and breaks his neck out, as long as he's in a foreign uh, war arena, he's a hero. And I just, I, I mean. I, 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 I'm, I'm so is that what he was saying? He was just implying on the the rare incidences, or like, or if there was like the Gitmo soldiers who were torturing people, he's you know the, those don't those don't count either. But for the most part, he gives heroism. Well, his his statement here is: Do you, do you want me I to don't read have the full statement in front of me right I've now. I've got um, th- this is from Newsmax.com, and here's what Hayes said. Um, and there's a video, and if you wanted to link to it, we can do that. Um, thinking today and observing Memorial Day, that'll be happening tomorrow. I just talked with Lieutenant Colonel Steve Burke. It's actually Beck, apparently, who was a casualty officer with the Marines and had to tell people. Um, I think it's uh, Beck. Sorry, I think it's uh, interesting because I think it's very difficult to talk about the war dead and the fallen without invoking valor, uh, without invoking the words hero. And um, why do I feel so uncomfortable or, excuse me, comfortable with the word hero? I mean, uh, I feel comfortable, I mean uncomfortable about the word because it seems to me that it's so rhetorically proximate to justifications for more war. Um, I don't want to obviously desecrate or disrespect the memory of anyone that's fallen. Obviously, there are individual circumstances in which there is genuine, tremendous heroism, hail of gunfire, rescuing soldiers and things like that. But it seems to me that we marshal the word in a way that is problematic. But maybe I'm wrong about that. No, he's absolutely right. I, yeah, mean, I can't not? disagree with that at all. I mean, he <laughs> nailed it on the head. I mean, this the, hit the nail on the head. The guy, I mean, he was all over the place. He didn't even, he barely said anything. And I can't see how anybody could possibly disagree. 
disagree with this. I mean, oh, oh, come on, Mark. I mean, you know, a lot of people disagree with that because they see anyone who joins the military, just like anyone who joins the police, as heroes. I mean, you guys over at CopBlock.org, I mean, you, you see this all the time in the, the news media. Every cop, no matter what they do, is just automatically a hero just by virtue of the fact right. that they become a police officer. And most people who feel that way do it blindly. You know, it's one thing if you support war and you can say, yes, I know the connections between the government and other things it's done with bin Laden and propping up, you know, uh, terrorist cells or calling them terrorist cells afterwards. If you know all that information, you say, yeah, I still support the war, then like, fine. Uh, It's a little weird. I wouldn't associate with you and you can have fun paying for it yourself. But a lot of people who bl- follow this, you know, allegiance do it blindly. They don't even they can't even tell you all that information or but, with police officers that they don't have the most dangerous job. That right, they, just the fact that they've put the you know, they put themselves right. on the line for the country. They've signed a check. They tell me it's dangerous. <laughs> they tell me I'm, I'm not safe if they're not there. I mean, when people uh, are talking about the police and the military as being heroes, they're usually not referring to the guys that are running the back office or, you know, slicing right. potatoes well, but that's in the, the kitchen. Thing, that's the thing that I'm trying to point out here is it doesn't take. It doesn't take but one question to get po- from the statement that all police and all, in this case, all soldiers, sailors, marine, airmen, and, and the Coast Guard, and anybody who's ever been a civilian contractor for the military, and anybody who's ever, you know, been w- whatever, whatever, yeah, in any way attached to the far. military, it doesn't take but one question. But look, well, what about the ones that, uh, you know, Abu Ghraib? What, are, what about these? What about the ones that commit crimes? Are they heroes too? That's a good question to ask those and, people. Because, so there's obviously obviously a shades of gray and heroism well, in this area all this guy was saying is look the real heroes are the real heroes and the rest of them are people that you know, had unfortunate mishaps you know another thing is I, i've met a lot of guys from the military because there are a lot of them in the, the liberty movement and a lot of the ones that would probably be classified as heroes uh, don't talk about what their heroism is. I've met a few who have done things like rescued men off of roofs under gunfire and so on and such. And they don't tell, they don't walk up and say, hey, I've gotten this medal for that and so on and so forth. It is, though, the cook or the guy who punches in numbers or files paperwork who wears his uniform home on leave to get the free soda or half off burger yeah. or the, the upgrade to the front seat. Those guys, you know, are the, the ones that, oh, you're a hero. Please sit up front. No, I push papers. I'm no different than the guy back there in coach, to be a fact. And the one who but would, they'll take advantage of it. Right. And the ones who are, yeah. quote unquote, heroes are kind of ashamed of why they were in this gunfight or why they pulled these the, people off. Or, they or at the very least, they're humble it. enough to, you know, or at least to not brag about it. So, well, look, of course, we all understand what this talk show host was saying. And the reason why he was so stumbly about it, because he, he, he knew he was saying something controversial uh, for anyone to come out and say anything besides this official state line that the military are all heroes just because of the fact that they just do whatever it is they're told. They've joined the military. And so they're heroes. Uh, so he was, a, he was, I think he was probably afraid as he spoke it, but good for him for actually coming out on national television and saying something like that. Unfortunately, uh, he's taking a lot of heat for it. I believe there's been some sort of an apology, but I haven't read that part yet. This is- well, this guy sounds like he'd, he'd issued an apology over what he had for breakfast. I mean, he doesn't sound like he's, uh, you know, very firm. Well, I mean, on he's much. working for a big, you know, a big state supporting corporation. He's working for MSNBC, you know, just like CNN, Fox News. These people all have the party line that they're towing, which is the of course, the state party, not the Republicans or Democrats, but the the support of the state. And so I just got- I think this is so insulting the veterans of foreign wars to the real heroes uh, that you well, know, the, the, the men s- that really put their lives Hold on. on the you haven't even heard what they said. So the veterans of foreign wars, as according to the Weekly Standard, weeklystandard.com has responded by saying that Hayes's comments are reprehensible and disgusting. 
and are asking for the MSNBC host to apologize. His recent remarks regarding our fallen service members are reprehensible and disgusting, according to the VFW official Richard DeNoyer. Uh, he spoke in a statement to Fox News, quote, His words reflect his obvious disregard for the service and sacrifice of the men and women who have paid the ultimate price while defending our nation. His insipid statement is particularly callous because it comes at a time when our entire nation pauses to reflect and honor the memory of our nation's fallen heroes. The entire nation, huh? And, and this is pretty obviously, um, you know, what the guy was talking about, that these are used, this is used as rhetoric for more wars. Because how in the world could you be a hero unless you happen to die in a war if the only way to be a hero is to die in a war or at work for the government in some way, shape, or form? I mean, th- but what this is is insulting to the members of the VFW who really did go in there in a hail of gunfire to pull their mm-hmm. buddy out. I mean, the idea that anybody who got into an automobile, the idea that the guy who got into an automobile accident and killed General Patton at the, uh, Patton at the end of uh, World War II that, because he was drunk driving, that he is a hero because he died in a, um, you know b- before the war was well, declared over or whatever. They're likely to equivocate if you bring up these specific examples. They're gonna you know they're gonna hedge their their statement. If you bring up some example of you know some guy that shot his own buddies and then was shot by them, and then the person who's calling everyone heroes is gonna say, well, not him. But everyone else All in the, the other ones are right. the heroes. Everyone else, there's exceptions to the heroes, but most everybody, you know, 99% of them are heroes just because they joined up and they were willing to do exactly what they were told. The VFW has a few more words, though. We'll share those with you here in a moment at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you're certainly welcome to comment on heroes or heroism, rather, or whatever it is that's on your mind. Take control of the Airwaves Free Talk Live. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. I'd just like to thank uh, Demo, Mark. I'd like to thank you both. You are heroes oh. uh, for coming in tonight and risking death. Uh, you are sitting in a uh, studio with electronics on your ears. Uh, you've got headphones on. And there's connected. a thunderstorm going. There's a, th- a very vicious uh, lightning and thunderstorm going on outside of these very LRN.FM studios. So I'd like to say you've put your lives on the line in service of liberty, and you are heroes. The difference between uh, Adamo and uh, I and the, the the fallen heroes that uh, the VFW is talking about is we won't do anything in the service of our boss. So you could just go on about your business. Bark the orders. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll sit over here and talk about whatever we want to talk about. Go ahead. 
I was just saying, I appreciate you guys, your heroism. That's yeah. all. If yeah. heroism Take means doing I'm if taking her- it. I appreciate it. If heroism right. means doing what you're told, and that's essentially what the VFW is ta- um, saying right. here, is I don't need that kind of, the world doesn't need that kind of heroism. I only did it because I'm going to get bumped up in like class at the restaurant, and if we just so happen to get our heads zapped off today, there'll be like an Ademo Freeman day. <laughs> And uh, everyone will say, like, happy Adamo Freeman Day. We're talking about this uh, talk show host, Chris Hayes, uh, from MSNBC. And I don't watch television, so I've never heard of the guy before. Uh, but he's got his own show on MSNBC, I guess. And he uh, told his viewers that he's uncomfortable with calling all of the people who've died in the various uh, conflicts that the U.S. military has been involved with, uh, with as heroes, calling them heroes. Uh, the VFW, Veterans of Foreign Wars, issued a statement saying his comments are reprehensible and disgusting. Reprehensible. I mean, uh, they are they insipid. Did, they did, okay, insipid, I'll give you, but I don't know about reprehensible. Um, I mean, you know, the, the guy didn't take much of a stand at all. All he essentially said was that, uh, you know, that... <laughs> That the real heroes are the real heroes, and that maybe people overuse the term hero in order to uh, propagate the war. The remainder of the statement from Richard DeNoyer, one of the VFW spokespeople, he said that it's especially devastating to the many broken-hearted children, spouses, and parents left behind to grieve for a loved one. It's not a problem that uh, they're, you know mom or dad was sent off to die for some politicians that's not devastating right. it's the fact that a man on a talk show uh, has an opinion about it right and you know i mean it's we let's not take a look as to whether or not their death was meaningless or not i mean this is something that they that defi- would be truly devastating defi- to come to that conclusion right to, to come to the conclusion that their death was meaningless or that the loss of the limbs or their mind is meaningless then that would be really devastating and i really have to ask myself is how would the world be any different if the united states would have left uh, afghanistan in 2003 instead of sticking around for the last nine years and having the longest war i mean really yeah. how would it be what what's the point or if it hadn't gone at all that's just it people seem to start the conversation at very you know arbitrary and subjective points you know what did this person die for not like that day or like why are they there why is this purpose why do you have this you know over expansive military you know no one ever asked those questions and if they would and if they would then they would answer their heroism question probably in a different light when um, on Veterans Day and in the past, we have uh, done uh, the, the listing of the last soldiers to be killed in World War One by their country, and most that World War One was ended by a treaty that ended it on the eleventh day of the eleventh month at the eleventh hour. Are you familiar with hearing uh, all this, Adamo? I think I have. I don't yeah. remember those. Exact details. Yeah, so it's it's eleven, you know, November the eleventh at eleven a.m. Now you can imagine they had penned this the night before. They didn't send out the word and say, "Hey, fellas, the war's over." They just said, "Okay, everybody, stop shooting at eleven a.m." So people died sometimes even after eleven a.m. in the World War One. Now you can't tell me that if you caught a bullet in the head in a trench at ten fifty nine that you died f- uh, for honor and justice and glory and something good to f- defeat evil. Right, nothing. I mean, so uh, there's here's the argumentum, ad, uh, you know, the, the the reductum ad absurdum. You're looking at this absurd situation, which happened less than a hundred years ago, and you're you're saying, well, obviously. 
this person's death was pointless. And there were several of them on each side, and I'm sure that we could list off hundreds of thousands of pointless deaths in World War One. But I'm just looking at these. So if that war has a pointless death, then clearly this war has a pointless death. Well, they're all pointless, because war is pointless. War I, is the health of the state. War begets more war. Violence begets more violence. Everyone who dies in the service of a military, in my opinion, is uh, is a pointless death. Oh, I think that I think there are times when the the the, the state, uh, you know, whatever autocracy, um, you know, when the United States Civil uh, Revolutionary War seems to me to be one of the better wars that one can. I don't point believe to. there was a military at that time, was there? Sure, they put together the Continental Army. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, now, do I think that the Continental Army was a better use of uh, you know the martial force than militias? I think that there's some arguments to be had on both sides. Both sides have really good arguments in this particular— Were they conscripting people into that army? They weren't, right? No, they were, they were paying uh, Continentals for people to come in. Right. So, so, I mean, it really wasn't a government military, was it? Just because they would call that they an were army, printing it wasn't a fiat really a government. Cur- they was were printing it? a fiat. They were printing a fiat currency to pay them, and there was certainly a governmental body, something that looked like a government meeting in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. handing down orders. Kind of quasi-government, volunteerish, self-creating. It was a taxes. It was a. It was a government that hoped to be a government. I think that yeah, I think probably uh, some you know some uh, yeah probably some some of these local governments were sending money that way. I couldn't answer for uh, for certain on that particular question, but I suspect that some governmental agencies. Remember, they're mm-hmm. tiered government agencies, and likely they were sending some money that di- that direction. I'm just guessing. I don't know, it seems I, like there's a lot of question marks around that one. Well, yeah, and at the end of the day, with the, another question marks is that everyone has an idea of a hero. You know, even us three who have similar viewpoints on a lot of things probably wouldn't identify heroes 100% through and through. You know, there's probably some day in every other country that acknowledges some heroes and from their military or from fights from the past. And, you know, are they right, wrong? It's all subjective. It's a really great point because if you're heroic for doing what you did in the name of, you know, for your government, because you're told to. Then the Nazis must have been then heroes. Then the Nazis right? were heroes. Right. Let's go or, to the phones here. Uh, actually, we'll go to Clifford here in just a quick moment. He's uh, still on, on the uh, the screening process. But uh, 855-450-FREE is the number. You can bring up whatever you want. Clifford is with us uh, listening in Cincinnati. Clifford, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how you doing? Hey, great. What's on your I mind was, today? I, I was listening to another show, and then it was talking about the use of the word hero and about how everyone wants to call everybody in the military. It goes in the military as a hero. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that when someone dies and they give a life, they they may be a hero. But one of the things that, that kind of bugs me a lot is that, that uh, before sporting events, the playing another national anthem and to see everybody act like they're all patriotic. And then as soon as they get finished, they go back to uh, drinking beer and acting crazy. Like, you know, and I think there's no natural, I mean, no national patriotism in the in the country, and I think that more people need to serve in the military or in some form of government service. Yikes! That's a scary thing school. to say. What what well, could possibly you... be considered virtuous for serving the government? No, I'm ser- ser- serving in, where you, where you would have some kind of national service. I'm not saying just the government. So uh, let me see if I can. I would have liked, can you stick with us here, Clifford? I'd like to get into this because yeah. we haven't talked about national service in a little while, and it's, I think it's a really important topic. Uh, so hang on. I'd like to bring it back. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Should everybody have to work for the government to serve under 
some governmental national service program. We'll come back with more, and your thoughts are welcome. Free Talk Live. Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's Bigger Gayer Dance Party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping dance music and a giant tent full of liberty lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Oh, uh, d- sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Violencia. There's going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedom.com slash danceparty. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number for you to take control of these airwaves and bring up whatever you want. is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and get signed up for our news updates. Uh, you can go and go to news.freetalklive.com, receive emailed updates, Twitter, Facebook, whichever delivery method is best for you. Drop on by news dot freetalklive.com and get signed up there. Uh, by the way, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up, and it will be here soon. Just over two weeks away, about maybe about three weeks, I guess, at this point. Uh, June 18th is when it is slated to begin, and it will wrap up on the 24th. Uh, Mark, you and Stephanie are actually going up early. You're going to be up on Sunday the 17th to yep. do an extra bonus pre-Porkfest uh, show, which should be fun. And We're kicking it off. Free Talk Live is going to be there every single night. Uh, there's going to be a lot going on. I know that uh, a, a demo, you and uh, Pete, I guess, uh, Pete's most mostly, he's he's actually auctioning off Mars. Well, it's a raffle, yeah. So he'll be raffling it off. It'll be right down there by the uh, Free Keen Pavilion, right? I believe it's going to be called the Shire Society oh, Pavilion. the Shire Society Pavilion this time around. Trying to, trying to promote a different brand, maybe get a little bit more participation across the Shire and that's the intention there. But Marv is the Mobile Authority Resistance Vehicle. It is an RV that has been custom-painted in yellow and black. And punk-rocked out on the inside with bumper stickers and signatures. Oh, of- signatures cover the ceiling of this thing, including Ron Paul and other uh, liberty-oriented uh, superstars, if you will. Uh, heroes. They've, they've been in there. Heroes, heroes. for sure. Uh, they've been in there signing the My the signature's thing. up there, so yeah. Th- there's one hero. <laughs> and it's great. It's a really cool, uh, unique piece of property that uh, has a lot of history behind it. You and Pete and uh, some other uh, great guys traveled the country for uh, a couple years in that yeah. thing. It's about two years. Motorhome Diaries, Liberty on Tour, and a little bit of Cop Locking has all been done in it. And so, yeah, it'll be down there by the main pavilion. Uh, people can get raffle tickets or they can go to PeteAir.com and check it out there as well. So they'll be able to go to uh, PeteAir.com now or they don't have to do it now. They can just do it at the yeah, Pork Fest. Yeah, it'd be a great time to interact and get your signature up there if it hasn't And the idea yet. is somebody's going to walk away with or drive away with uh, with Marv. I believe it's within the week following. Uh, Marv can be deliver, delivered or uh, picked up. Yep. All right, cool. So uh, that's exciting. I think uh, it's a really great piece of history and I hope it ends up working out for Pete. Let's go to uh, Clifford. He's back with us here. Uh, oh, by the way, PorkFest.com is where you can go to sign up for Porkfest. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Doesn't cost a whole lot of money. Uh, what's probably going to cost you the most is getting to New Hampshire and getting to Porkfest. Otherwise, it's just camping or a $35 fee for the full week. So Porkfest.com is going to be a blast. There's a lot going on. Check out the details. Let's go back to Clifford in Cincinnati. Uh, Clifford, yeah. you're back on Free Talk Live, and you, you said something that was kind of uh, concerning to me, and I wanted to make sure that we got into a little bit more detail about it. Uh, you were talking about national service, and that's an 
idea that that hasn't reared its ugly head in the news in quite a long time, but I have a feeling it will come back at some point in the future because last uh, election season they had some sort of, uh, I guess, uh, National Service Conference Day where they brought Barack Obama together with John McCain. They both talked about how they thought national service was just a great idea. And you know that whenever politicians agree on something, it's usually not a good thing. Um, but, okay. So what, what is your understanding of national service before no, we go? Uh, I'm, the, thing, the thing about it I'm saying is that it doesn't have to be some national service. It could be something where a person coming out of high school or something. And, you know, if you want to get uh, money to go to school, that you would do something or, you know, volunteer or, or go and, and serve for a little bit. Or I, I'm not, I don't know how long, but where everybody feels some kind of national pride or, or national service where they can do something. It doesn't have to be in the military. So, it But it does be, have to be for the government, right? What's the purpose of it? Hold right. on, it does have to be for the government, right? No, it doesn't have to be for the government. It could be, it could be for, I mean, you know, I, I don't know all the particulars about it, but I'm saying something like a national well, service. Well, this is important, like, right? Like to, to, know what the, to know what the proposal is is important. So my understanding of national service, as is proposed by politicians, is that, uh, as you mentioned, young people, usually high school or college, college age, somewhere in that range, would be forced by a government mandate to— Or, it would, or, their college, or college funding would be contingent upon it. Right. Uh, so they'd be put into a right, you know, position— they wouldn't have to pay it back. Where they wouldn't have to pay it back if you could give them the money. Where they, if they do this, they well, wouldn't they have could to go pay and get a job back. and then you know earn money that way too. So but here's what know, my con- I, my concern on this is that government jobs often will tend to ruin people for real work. Well, that's true. I mean, that's true. That's one of the reasons why I got out of the out of the service because everybody was either on drugs, alcohol, or coffee. And <laughs> I, I got I'm seriously. I, 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 I believe was, you. I was in the, I was in the military. And I said, I cannot take orders from these ignorant people. Mm. I mean, you know, I had a guy that told me, like, hey, I was black, he was white, and he was a redneck, and I was black. And he was saying, if you don't like me, we can go out here and we can take this uniform off and we can fight. Oh, and I said, to my, I said to him, I said, but what good does that do? Because I'm still going to have to work for you. Yeah. So, you know, wow. like, whether you beat me or I beat you, I still got to work for you. Yeah, so I just pointless. went to... I went to the uh, guy that was above us and said, you've got to get me away from here before I kill him or he kills me. Yeah. So, uh, he so now it's to a, get me away from there. I, I'm sorry you had to deal with that situation. It's, uh, you know, it's really repugnant kind of behavior. But, you know, I mean, this is often people will uh, lament that young people have a lack of discipline. And I lament along with them that they, they can often have a lack of discipline as sort of as a whole. If you mm-hmm. look at young people as a demographic cell, but those I sus- kids, <laughs> I suspect people have been lamenting people in my demographic cell, which is uh, currently the uh, 35 to 44 cell, um, have probably been lamenting the laziness and lack of discipline that people in the uh, you know 18 to 24 year old cell have had since time but you, began. And, but you know what? It's getting worse. I mean, it's I getting worse. You know, when How I, would I know? <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I, I can see because I, I'm 53, 53 and a half, and I remember it was it was standard policy to say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, to people. And you know, like I, I remember coming up, and I told my daughters, like, say yes, ma'am, yes, sir. And my mother-in-law said, well, I don't think that that's appropriate. I said, that may not be appropriate for you, but I want my kids to say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, because the benefits of it. People are more apt to do things for you when you respect them. And I think the, a lack of respect 
a lack of respect is is prevalent among young people, and it, it stems it's sure. a generation thing. And I can, I'd like to speculate. It's I, erosion. I, I think you're probably right about that, and I'd like to speculate as to why. Uh, I think that uh, you've got a situation where young people are placed in basically day prisons uh, with other young people that are all the what, same. What do you call a day prison? School? School, yeah. With with other uh, young people of their same age with very little you know, oversight or positive adult influences in their lives. And they're forced to be together, sometimes with people that they don't get along with. Uh, you know, you put racists in there and then, you know, mean kids you know, and bullies. And they all, you know, that, you that know causes what? problems. I, I went to the great, I, I can tell you, I went to the, probably the greatest school in the country. It's called Walnut Hills uh, High School, and I graduated 35 years ago today, and I talked to some of my friends, and we were saying about how our school was diverse. You had to take a test to get in it, and it was a college prep, and it was like the, when we were in school, it was like one of the top 10 schools in the country. Now it's like like 60th or 90th. And one what, what was it called again? Walnut Hill? Walnut Hills. Walnut Hills High School. Mm-hmm. And where and was it, that? It was very diverse in Cincinnati. We had uh, we had people from we got bussed all over the city, but it was it was a citywide school and people paid money to send their kids if you were outside the district and it was like the greatest experience of anything that I knew because it was like a private school. I'm looking at it here. It's a public, no, it a public college school. prep high school, so it's a, it's right. like one of those unique government schools that operates differently uh, than normal schools. Like you're saying, no, you had to apply, you had to take a test to get in. It's like the school you yeah, went you to. Took a test. Yeah. Right. I went to, to a, I went to a school like this as well. It wasn't called college prep. It was called a gifted school in uh, in South Florida. And I also had to take a test in order to get into that school. And there's no doubt it was a better school than the rest of the schools in the area. There's no doubt about right, it. Because, because you have people from every – you have poor people, rich people, and the super rich. You had the – Smart people. Everybody was. Well, plus they're self-selected gifted. people as well. They're people who right. chose to go to that they school rather be than being forced uh, to go to whatever right. the regular government school is in the area. And that's why I call it a day prison because young people it's are not a forced. Day young well, people are forced not to be the school there. you went to. They, uh, right, you chose I mean, to go to that school, but a lot of yeah, people are need, forced to go to school. You understand that, yeah, right? But, but they they need to be forced to do something. No, I, I mean, do, totally know, disagree with that. <laughs> Force doesn't work. Totally disagree. You want to know why, kids? I'll tell you what. Hang on, Clifford. I think it's an interesting conversation. You want to know why, kids, young people are acting out? Well, you know, force has consequences, unintended consequences. We're coming up. Tired of that same old government-free baklava from Mandrick? How about trying Stateless Sweets government-free fudge and caramel? Stateless Sweets are made with real ingredients and prepared fresh for delivery to your home. Order them as a gift, a well-deserved decadent treat for yourself, or catered for your next event. Go to statelesssweets.com. That's statelesssweets.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in and bring up whatever you want, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-855-450-3733, and you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. That's freetalklive.com. You can sign up for, uh, you can actually sign up for our news updates, so you can go to the mobile site. Those of you with a smartphone, go to m.freetalklive.com. That'll take you to uh, the quick links that you need to access our live streams. Uh, You can get on our broadband stream, mid-band, or narrowband over at m, as in mobile, .freetalklive.com. 
com. Jason Osborne of SACL CAI, the guy who uh, sponsors, uh, the guy who runs the company that sponsors our phone lines, uh, wants to encourage you to share an episode of Free Talk Live every week on your Facebook or Twitter, and uh, that way you can spread the show around. Uh, SACL CAI is a company that uh, handles accounts receivable. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com and uh, check them out. It's got a brand new website over there, uh, freetalklive.com. Wait, SACL has a new website? Yes, they have a relatively new website. Cool. All right, so uh, let's get back to Clifford here. Clifford, we've been talking about young people and uh, the lack of discipline and some of the frustrations that people in older generations have. And talking about some of the ideas, speculating upon uh, some of the ideas as to why that might be the case. And I came around That's the to, first time I've ever heard it called a day prison. You're talking about schools, right? Yeah, I'm talking about government-run <laughs> schools where kids are forced, not every school, because some young people choose to go to a school. Like, you chose to go to a special school that was different. You opted into that. But ultimately, had you decided you didn't want to go to any of the government schools in your area, and your parents were to say something like, well, we can't really afford to uh, send you to a private school— these government guys might come and throw your parents in a jail cell as a result of that. Uh, so there, there's always the implicit, implicit threat of force. And when I bring, brought that up to you, the very end of the segment, you had said that you believe that young people should be forced to, was it go to school that you were going to say? Well, I think, well, I think that you, you have to learn something. You can't sit, sit and, and just uh, watch videos all day or learn how to shoot, uh, learn how to shoot videos and, uh, of video games where sure. you learn how to kill people. I totally agree with you. Desensitize people to uh, 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 to violence because that's why we got some of the things that's going on now. You know, no one is getting any love. Dude, I totally agree with you that uh, young people absolutely need to be educated. However, I don't agree that force is the way to accomplish that goal. Uh, for instance, let me, give you, let me give you an example. Okay, thank you for the question. You're, uh, so here's the example. It's called unschooling. Uh, have you ever heard of it before? Uh, no. Okay, so it's, it sounds really radical. When I, wanted to, when I explained it to you, it's going to sound really radical, but fact is it works. So unschooling is a way for young people to direct their own learning process, for young people to naturally discover what's important to them, what it is that they need to learn in order to move along in life and be successful and, uh, and all of that and be, become better humans. And, uh, and fact is, when you let young people decide what they want to learn, they end up learning the right things that they need to in order to become effective adults. Uh, it's just it's it's a natural process. Learning is a process that young people want to do until they go to government school and have the desire to learn sucked out of them by an inhumane you know system of confusing. Uh, I don't think private school is that much different. Having s- gone to private school, system well, private schools in many ways are based off of the model of the uh, the government school. But I'm not talking about when I'm talking about unschooling, Mark. I'm not talking about private schools. I know unschooling is something that you can do at home. But you did specify government. Although there are, well, right, the government schools get the real brunt of my concern because they are the ones that are forcing people to attend them. That's where my concern is. So, I think I think uh, I I don't think it's a a bad thing to to of learning because I think that the part, the whole thing about learning is the exposure to something. You you may expose me to something like what what my forte is is photography. Mm -hmm. I've been exposed to it. And once I learned it and and kept dwelling in it, I became a perfectionist at it. And now I look at people as a pitcher, or I look at things as a pitcher, and that's that's what I I do, and I could teach that. But the thing about did it you is learn that in school? Well, no, I learned it when I was in the Navy because I ran with some guys that was in uh, 
there were photo techs and uh they bought they uh purchased a camera set for me and I used to sit up and uh get high and sit up and take pictures of planes. <laughs> <taking> <laughs> so you uh, found what you I mean, love to do all on your own and that's what young people can do too when they're free well, yeah, to do but I so. Was I was older than well, right, but I you were older. you were put in the go you know, the school system for thirteen years or how many years that they yeah, uh, but they put, I loved it. I mean but you know but I'm glad you liked it, it, but there are a lot of people you know <laughs> this is true, right? There are a lot of people that hate people going to school. Don't. But I mean it, you know what? That's why you just can't have one model of school. Like one of the I'm with you completely. That, yes, but do you understand the that the government school? That, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. Um, I mean, I think the government does have a, uh, a responsibility to help train, help train its citizens, um, and not to force them. But I mean, but well, then if it's them. if you want to get rid of the force, then that's fine with well, me. I, I don't. Guess think I'd ask you this, Clifford. What has the government done well up to this point? Nothing. That why in the world would you want to give them the most important job this nation has, which is rearing its young people? Well, an individual has the nation doesn't okay, have it. Okay, well, right. So, so who would you leave it up to? People? I mean, uh, parents? individuals. I mean, Mark has children, I mean, and it's kidding. in his I mean, best interest. Can, you know, I, I was, I was hearing a report today that in a couple of years, or in so many years, there's going to be over fifty percent of the people. On the government dole, uh, either Social Security yep. or Medicare. It's 50% or Medicare of households, and it's currently happening. Right now, more than 50% yeah. of households in the United States I mean, has somebody you know, in it. Used, right. And it's, it's, I mean, the country is going down if something doesn't change. I mean, you know. It's already down. It's the down education system right. is terrible. But let's not forget, you Clifford, that this is what has been. I mean, the United States has had government schooling for the last eight decades, uh, if our not whole more. lifetimes, for sure. And so, I mean, we're not changing but, anything. <laughs> but that's not. I mean, you know, okay, well, if you, some has to be fixed. I completely agree with you. And let me go back to something you said, Clifford, because, again, you and I, we are special cases. We had a unique education experience that most people didn't have. Uh, But the the point I wanted to make was that there does need to be a diversity of education. There do do need to be different options available for parents and young people. And that's one of the things you don't get from government schools typically. Again, you and I, we're exceptions. Uh, There are those exceptions. But generally, most people are forced into a one-size-fits-all system where there's a certain curriculum that is decided on high and handed down. In many cases, the federal government is setting curriculum to some extent uh, in schools, and lots of controls are being put on these individual schools from making... uh, you know, preventing them from making their own decisions and diversifying. If you actually didn't have the force anymore, if you got rid of the force from the equation and you just simply allowed people to make their own educational choices for themselves to decide which schools to uh, to send their kids to or to not send them at all into homeschool or whatever it is they want to do or to unschool uh, or send to a private school, etc., then you would have a much more diverse uh, educational offering. There would be people out there in the marketplace competing for your educational dollar in the same way that there are people out there competing for your food dollar. I mean, they're, they, can you imagine how bad it would be if we all were forced to go to the same government food store? Like, if we all had to go to government grocers and there was just one grocer in town that everybody had to go to, and like, there weren't five different choices or must for mustard. There's only one choice for it's mustard. It's government mustard. Right. Or if, else. if it's in stock, then you can get some of it, and you don't, you know, you might have to wait in a line. Only to, government uh, approved mustard. Right. And the same Anything thing with else the relish. Is dangerous. The same thing with the ketchup. The same thing with the fish. I mean, every some central bureaucracy would be making those decisions the government 
And in in addition to that, it would be like let's let's say you didn't like the fact that their their fruit was rotten because you know they they're the only store in town, so you know it's Too not like they really bad. have to take good care of their fruit. Uh, so you don't like their produce, so you decide, well, I'm going to take this into my own hands. I'm going to plant my own food. I'm going to grow my own crops. I'm going to feed my own family, and I'm not going to rely on this government store anymore. Get him, he's a terrorist. Well, maybe they wouldn't go that far initially, but what they would say is, well, you know what, Clifford. It's fine if you're uh, making your own food, but you've got to support government grocers because we're taking care of feeding people. So you've got to pay up. We need a thousand bucks from you for this six month period. Or we'll call support, you a terrorist, right? To support our efforts, otherwise you're not being patriotic. I mean, does that sound ludicrous to you? And we will send some heroes in here. Yeah, where are y'all at? Uh, we're in Keene, Keene New <laughs> <Stay> Hampshire. <there. laughs> uh, no, we're we're in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, in the southwest corner of New Hampshire. But but do you see my point though? Like it's as absurd to have the government run education as it would be to have them run something as critical as food. All, both of these things are critical things that humans need. And Let me put, ask you, what do you think the government should run? Then? I think they should go away and leave people alone. I think, it's, <laughs> I think the government is a bad model. I think that uh, this, this idea of a representative republic is about 200 and something years old and that it's run its course in human history and that now we need more voluntary uh, forms of governance at well, this Well, the point. idea of a, force form, a force-based government is probably thousands of years sure, old. Sure, it's, it's just a different person at the top instead of autocracy or a king or— But let uh, me ask you, you think the United States is still the greatest country in the world? I don't, I, I, you know, according to the lists that are out there, the United States has slipped to the eighth or ninth position on the world's economic liberty chart. Wasn't it like it's, thirteen? What, what on about, not, not just ec- economic liberty. No, do I don't. Think I don't think the greatest I, country I, in the world. I, I, I don't know which country is greater, but I know that it isn't the greatest in any one category. I know that I as far as social, I know that as far as social liberties are concerned, we certainly don't have that here. And I mean, I'd look say, at the war on drugs. Here's what I want to say: jail the United over. States is going the wrong direction. Clifford, it's been a great conversation. Call us back some other time. We'll always appreciate it. And you're, uh, by the way, I know you were listening to another show, uh, but you've uh, been talking to Free Talk Live. So thanks for the call tonight. More coming up. What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. freetalklive.com uh, you can actually control the content of the website as well. So when you see something online that you think is interesting, you can share it with our listeners by going and submitting it as show prep at freetalklive.com. It will then be voted on, up or down. Uh, people will de- decide whether they like or dislike 
and they uh, will vote, and the most voted up will make it to the front page in the top of the site. So go and get interactive at freetalklive.com. Here in the studio this evening, it's Ian. Ademo. And Mark. As we continue, and by the way, Ademo is here uh, with us, courtesy of copblock.org. You can go to copblock.org. You are wearing the hat tonight, uh, Ademo, and there's some really cool swag that you guys have over there. There is, uh, copblock.org slash store. Uh, there's hats, uh, t-shirts, hoodies. We got a uh, good work of stuff as well as stickers, business cards. There's also the PDFs for some of the things who own you cards and other things that are available like printable if, stuff that you if you would like out. to print them out yeah and hand them out in your area there's also a good base of chapters on there in case there's one in your area or how to to get one started in your neck of the woods exciting stuff and you guys do good work keeping the police accountable uh copblock.org as we go to the phones Crichton is listening in louisville you're on free talk live with Ina Demo and mark hi guys how's it going hey Crichton, what's on your mind tonight well i wanted to respond to your previous caller clifford um, okay. He, he he made a, a, an assertion that you guys didn't really challenge with that. Uh, I'm actually from Cincinnati area, and he mentioned in Walnut Heights High School. And the the thing about Walnut Heights High School that no no one really knows, and he's not gonna, he never brought up, is that they have an excellent PR campaign, wonderful propaganda. Uh, and what it comes down to is that Walnut Hills High School is a magnet program for the public school system in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. which is terrible. Uh, and the result is is that their PR campaign has wonderful statistics, but it specifically excludes the public, the private education that's available in, in the uh, greater Cincinnati area. Well, even in um, the worldwide, he claimed that it was in one of the top ten schools in the nation. And, you know, I, I didn't really feel like going – I didn't think of it immediately. And well, I didn't no, feel he like said going it back. was one of the top ten schools, and, then and it, came it had slipped, slipped since to the, then. To the top uh, 60 or top 100, which is still a heck of a claim. But I'll bet Their you – Their own website claims it is uh, consistently in the top 100 schools. I'll bet you dollars to donuts that it's top 100 public schools. Government schools. Yeah, probably. Yes. And that's exactly it. And there's a, there's a school right across the river in Covington, Kentucky, called Covington Latin, that is so high level, they actually teach the classes in Latin. Uh, they have another one that's like, that's, uh, that's similar. Ridiculous. That's called Highlands Latin. That's why is that actually Kentucky. considered like high education? Like just because you're teaching in, like, it's maybe if those students all wanted to learn that language and yeah. have that skill, like, great. I think you know? Klingon's more useful. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, that may be so, but that my point is, is that they actually have students that go to this school on purpose, and they learn Latin, and they actually use it to learn. Uh, but I wanted to talk about a separate assertion that you guys never really challenged. Um, uh, that, that is the perception that everything is getting worse. I, I, I encounter this all the time, uh, that the idea that all, everything is getting worse, and that there's some kind of mythical previous era where things were better well i did challenge that uh, that statement i said that uh, people you know people in my age demographic have been saying that about people in younger age demographics since people have been around well that that may be true but i i did hear that part after the fact after i called in you're right okay Uh, but i wanted to point out that one of the main reasons that we think things were better then is because we didn't have as much information available to us as as uh, middle-class Americans, as we do now. 
We and know it's how movies. bad things really are. And, and, and it's movies. I mean, you know, you people watch The Patriot. They think they know what happened during the Revolutionary War. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of Americans get their history uh, and the general vibe from Hollywood movies made by people that have, a, you know, some kind of agenda in one way or another. They're trying to portray whatever they're trying to portray. I don't mean their agenda is necessarily political. Their agenda is to sell tickets. And, um, you know. Are you saying that Mel Gibson wasn't in the Civil War? Because oh, I, I was seeing some of them in Scotland, too. He was I don't actually know. in uh, Scotland, oh. uh, Australia, the Civil War, and the Revolutionary War. I mean, this guy, that guy got around. Talk about a hero. It could have been his, his, uh, you know, his ancestors. Gibson's right. all over the world. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, and I think that he was specifically talking about the behavior of young people, and obviously there's always going to be, you know, rambunctious teenage boys and that sort of thing. But I think there's something to the claims of, uh, you know, f- folks like uh, John T- John Taylor Gatto, these people that work for the government, have worked for the government school system, who will say that the government school system is about dumbing people down, and it would make sense that if the government school system has been dumbing people down for generations, that you will have dumbness stacked on dumbness, if you will, or you know, just generation after generation becoming more dumb, if you will, simply because you know a pair of dumb parents isn't going to ra- likely be very successful at raising a smart child, uh, and then so generation upon generation, the problem could, I think, get worse. How much worse after each generation? I don't know, but I think there are reasons for that, and I think the government school system is one of those. Well, I think it's absurd to think dumb parents would raise a dumb child. I mean, that would just be on the environment or whatever and who's to say you know there's these great shows with like swamp people that some would probably call dumb but they're actually very intelligent on how they do their swamp activities living in a different environment so it's neither here nor there but to prove you could have proof though that the government does this blind dumbing down of children i mean just look at the pledge of allegiance back in the day you you know to a god and a country for no question kids as little as five years old you know that's brainwash what'd you say craig I said, there's plenty of proof of that. I didn't just talk about John Taylor Gatto, and he's he's got reams of proof that that is exactly what there was. Well, right. Uh, so I think that's all that uh, that the caller that you're referring to uh, was talking about. Uh, observing, right? He was just observing that uh, his his opinion was that young people are less than they had been in the in the past. And I think that that's, that can be true from some perspectives. On the other hand, I think it also you know depends on how you're looking at things. So, well, for instance, young people are far more uh, proficient at using computers. They've been using them since they've been able to you know see and type and well, you know touch things. I think that uh, young people have. I think he was initially talking about uh, public service, so therefore discipline. And I think young people have become less disciplined because the government won't even let young people go to work Absolutely. until they're 16 years old. Uh, now, obviously, you can work under very uh, uh, strict rules at 14, but businesses generally don't want you to do it because uh, it's too, much of a too, much, too much of a hassle. And you can go work for a farm at even younger than that, but most parents won't let their kids near Well, the government doesn't exactly like that. think that. They also think that if you do work, it should be for them in some sort of well, youth servitude program works, for a little though. while. This is how it works, though. I mean, you know, they, they make the kids less responsible and then provide the military to make them responsible. I, I mean, you know, I had a job at 12 years old. I have always understood the value of a work ethic, and wherever I've worked, I've always sort of bubbled up to the top because 
Well, you show up on time. I should, right. And you work hard. <laughs> and I generally have a good attitude until I'm ready to quit, at which point, uh, you know, I'm, everything goes to heck. <laughs> Half it, right? So, yeah, I think that's that's all true. In fact, that was one of the notes I'd made. And we spent three segments with, was it Clifton? That Clifford. Clifford. Uh, we had, we'd spent three segments with him, so we had to move on. But I thought it was a good conversation. And I would have definitely brought up the idea that young people are, speaking of the force that's being used against them, is not just in the area of the schools, but it's in that they're forced to not work. Should they want to work? And most young people I know want to be more adult-like. They want to grow up. They're ready for that. It's just that uh, the government and the people that support this childification of America refuse to allow it. You know, you can't can't yeah. see an R-rated movie. You can't uh, drop out of school and, and make your own way. I was just talking with some uh, locals today about how here in New Hampshire, the so-called live free or die state, they don't even have an emancipation process. Like, if you know, if you're stuck at home with abusive parents, uh, you're, good luck because yeah. <laughs> you're screwed. Uh, Go ahead. Two hundred years ago, a fourteen-year-old would be considered an adult and could work in any any occupation that he could get a job in. Sure. Yeah. Well, true. I mean, at, at fifteen, by job, have... you, by job, you mean indentured servitude in the form of uh, of, of an apprentice. <laughs> right. Well, in hundreds of years ago, you'd be among, half among, uh, among through others, your life. Yeah. At that point, at 15, you'd be half, you know, dead. <laughs> you'd be dying at 35. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's some misleading factors with, uh, you know, uh, birth rate, birth deaths near, near Great, birth. thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. The Infant SACL mortality. CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Free Talk Live. A technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Take control of these airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. We've got the bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners, some of whom are a little, I guess, ornery. At bbs.freetalklive.com. You can go over there and uh, get interactive there. bbs.freetalklive.com. I'm in the middle of a, uh, I guess, a little spat uh, between a couple of the BBS users and, uh, and myself regarding our attention to uh, regarding our attention to Derek J, uh, who is our uh, co-host and friend, who is currently in a jail cell uh, right now, and he's called the show maybe three times in three weeks. Uh, to give us updates on, you know, how things are going for how him. How the Spears retreat is. Right, how he's doing, what things are like on the inside. And uh, this is kind of something we've done uh, over time on Free Talk Live. Uh, Sam was a co-host in the past. You don't hear any other radio programs giving calls from county jail inmates. Right. And, and it's interesting it's unique enough. It's yeah, something it's unique. That's, let's call it unique. Unique, but it's also important to me because he's my friend and my co-host, and one time was my tenant. I mean, so he's somebody who I'm I'm pretty close yeah, with. Good guy. Uh, so I care about him, and I want to make sure that you know he's given attention in there, and that people on the outside are writing to him and not forgetting about him. And I think these are important. The uh, I don't know the the message I saw on the BBS recently was like, well, what, stop all this Derek J. He's on like every night, and I'm like, no, no, right. he's not, not at all. 
all. Uh, but then it devolved into this conversation about you guys are talking about Keen, and that's why we're not good. People aren't amping anymore. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, nobody who's uh, formerly amped the show, people come and go from the amp program. It's a way to support Free Talk Live for three bucks a month. No one has ever said, I'm quitting AMP because you talk too much about the activism going on in Keene. Stop talking about your life. Well, they do talk. Uh, they have uh, said that they're quitting because of the type of activism going on in Keene more than once. I don't recall that. Maybe that was one guy, the one guy that I'm talking to on the, the forum. Uh, but, you know, hey, we're talking about activism here sometimes on Free Talk Live because I think there's uh, activism worthy of discussion. And one of those people uh, in this thread was basically saying, well, I don't think that you should be uh, promoting the kind of things that go on there on national radio. Well, does it, was, what is he suggesting you replace it with? Like, talk about the principle, philosophy, like politics, I, I don't know. sports? I, I don't know. The, the suggestion was that it was a waste of, uh, of time, basically. And so I suggested, well, because he's under the impression that this is a show that's all about liberty. And it's not true. Free Talk Live is an open phones, panel discussion. We'll talk about anything. It doesn't have to be liberty-oriented. But obviously, liberty is pretty important to the hosts of this show, so it tends to be talked about uh, pretty often. But sometimes we'll talk about self-improvement or you know a new movie that's coming out. Sometimes we go in different directions on this program. And so my question in response to him was, well, if... if you know, if that's uh, if spending time on liberty is so important, then I guess we should really start screening phone calls and screening out anybody who's calling about anything, which, of course, is the point of this radio. Oh, yep, sorry, you're not talking about liberty. So therefore, we're not going to take your call. Right. Free talk live, except when right. or except when, you know, your friend from jail calls in and you know wants to talk about what's going on. So, yeah, I'm not going to apologize for having Derek J on this show. I don't think there's anything to apologize for. I, I support Derek J. I don't think that what he did by running from the cops was the best move, and I think he doesn't think that it was the best move. Oh, at the this natural point. reaction. But everybody focuses on that. They focus on the negative things that they perceive him as doing, and they don't talk about how he didn't do anything wrong by throwing a dance party, a quiet dance party in uh, the local park. That he didn't do anything wrong by uh, smoking a, a bowl out in the, uh, the or even the trying local to park, or attempting to smoke, to smoke that bowl. Uh, and you know these instances of civil disobedience that are are you know in my opinion unassailable. Uh, so yeah, so he made some a mistake and ran from uh, from a cop. Or what I about mean, the uh, huge uh, waste in resources and you know taxpayer money? up in that jail if oh, yeah. they if the jail has a purpose to have all those beds well now he is filling up one that could be occupied by somebody who is actually harmed or does wrong to other people if that's how the justice system is supposed to work. So right, and these are number. some of the tangential issues that we can yeah. talk about because of the fact that uh, that he is in jail and the you know the, the hyperbole about how oh you're talking about him or or talking to him every single night well, Absolutely I'm glad, inaccurate. Have, I'm glad we have listeners that care enough about uh, the programming of Free Talk Live that they have an opinion on how things should go. But, you know, from for, for years and years, Free Talk Live has been talking about civil disobedience, you know, much to my chagrin, frankly. Uh, you know, I would rather I would rather do the show that the, they're talking Give about. Give me some that. exciting political news, Mark. I'd be happy to announce some great, uh, you know, radical change on the political front. But by the way, I heard recently that I'm not done uh, talking. Seth- I, you, you interjected, and I wanted to finish what I was okay. saying. And Free Talk Live has you know, ended up on more than 100 radio stations at, while do, talking about civil disobedience, Some of many, much of which has gone on in Keene. Um, the, the, the podcast right. became ultra-popular in this same uh, period of time. And, uh, you, know, I you mean, mean when I was in jail? Well, it, <laughs> the podcast was getting more than uh, you know more than two hundred thousand downloads uh, per month. Before there was a pretty you were big spike in web traffic well, during yeah, the jail thing. Just a little bit, like initially when you went in. I mean, you got boring. You were in for sixty days. That doesn't you know. Yeah. And I didn't call in all the time. What once a week? 
maybe, maybe twice in some weeks, but pr- typically I try to keep it to once a week because I, I I didn't want <laughs> there's not that much going on in jail. <laughs> yeah, I pushed the cart around today. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Did it again. Uh, but for Derek J, you know, he's never been in like this before, and it's an experience, and other people can get a taste for that uh, when they when they can hear what it's uh, what it's like on the inside. I know that when I was blogging from inside of jail uh, over at freekeen.com while I was in, there was actually a guy that came in while I was in jail. From uh, you know, he just had his own thing going on. He was got, he got busted for selling pot uh, to some college kids. He was actually a college student himself, and uh, he had been reading freekeen.com. He'd been reading my blogs, and first thing he did when he came in, he saw me. I was in the same cell block as him. He, he came up to me and he he said, "Are you Ian from Freekeen?" And I was like, "Yeah. Why do you ask?" <laughs> and uh, he said, "Well, I, I really appreciated the blogs that you were writing from in here. It gave me some idea of what to expect." So. It can make a difference talking yeah. to people on, on the inside while they're on the inside. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can, of course, take control of the airways. I mentioned the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. Uh, and you can support this program because we don't just talk about civil disobedience. We'll talk about other things like you know political successes when they happen. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, your activism, too. Call in and tell us what you're up to. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not all happening in the Shire. There's some great stuff happening in Austin and Orlando and uh, in, sometimes in Phoenix. Uh, so it's, you know, it's nice to hear about other things that are going on. But that's up to you to inform us about that otherwise we can only go on our own experience and whatever news happens to cross in front of us and and by the way when you're out doing activism especially when you're driving around there's some really useful tools that can help you yeah it's great to have a camera in case uh, something happens and when it comes to potential police abuse the most important place to protect yourself is while driving freedomcam.net is a groundbreaking new product it has a groundbreaking new product that will that gives you the best all-around protection it's the gps black box dash cam It's an easy-to-use unit. All you do is stick it up there. It comes on when you turn on the car. It has video cameras recording inside and outside the vehicle, built-in microphone, GPS navigation, records your driving route and speed for all traffic stops and other driving incidents. You can protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. I've got one in both vehicles. It's a great product. Uh, So our number here is 855-450-FREE. And let's go to the phones and talk to Tony listening in Maryland. Tony, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Ademo and Mark. Hi, guys. Hey, Tony. Um, What's on your mind Looking forward to meeting you guys up at Port Fest this year. Oh, great. Yeah, we'll be up there. Um, Anyway, I have a question. I I heard kind of the tail end of a conversation last night Mm -hmm. on, I think it was last night's show, that um, Roger's campground was... um, sort of threatened by the police. Yeah, hang on. We can talk more about it in a moment here. The Porcupine Freedom Festival coming up here in about three weeks. 855-450-FREE. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam. You may watch. 
and listen and interact. The chat room is built into the same page as the cam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can see it there. And it's all free, like everything is on our site. Once again, that's cam.freetalklive.com. Joining you in studio, it's Ian. A demo. And Mark. All right, so 855-450-FREE. As we uh, will continue here with you and your thoughts, we're going to bring back Tony uh, in a moment. But also want to let you know, if you operate a blog or perhaps a website of some sort, and you've been thinking about adding a forum, but you're concerned about privacy, anonymity, you, know, you want to make sure that your, uh, your users are protected, you can have your own free-to-use anonymous message board, and you can have it in moments by going to plainboards.com. You just type in the name of the board you want. So let's say uh, you're setting up a cop block uh, local group and you want to make sure that uh, folks are protected, their anonymity is sacred. Uh, You could just go to planeboards.com, type in Philadelphia cop block, and then boom, you've got your own plane board. It's right there. It's that fast. P-L-A-I-N boards, planeboards.com. All right, let's go back to Tony here uh, listening in Maryland. Now, Tony, you were talking about coming up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival at uh, porkfest.com uh, porkfest. is where people can go to learn more about it, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. Would this be your first time at the Porcupine Freedom Festival? Yep. Okay, so you were concerned about something. We kind of had to run into uh, the commercials there, so go ahead with your thoughts. I was just more curious about it. I heard at the, the tail end of um, maybe somebody hassling the, the owner of Rogers Campground about... Um, the sale of unlicensed foods and beverages. Uh, no, and it was actually only the sale of. About that. No, it was actually you misunderstood. It was only the sale of alcohol that they've been harassed by state agents for. So the uh, campground has been threatened. Uh, last year, there was some national media attention that came to the Porcupine Freedom Festival in the form of NPR. Uh, there was an NPR reporter on the scene. He ended up doing a national, uh, nationally filed report that said that he had purchased alcohol from a nine-year-old, for instance, at the, uh, the Porcupine <laughs> Freedom Festival yeah, as right. an example of just how freewheeling of an event this was. And that wasn't the only uh, way. There were multiple locations where one could acquire alcohol for money. And, of course, the state government people take the you know, real offense to this because they're a criminal gang and they will do whatever it takes to protect their monopoly. And so they threatened the owners of the campground, they threatened the owner of the campground with uh, some sort of sanction against his liquor license or his beer and wine license if he were to uh, you know, allow this open sale of alcohol to continue on his property. Well, that sucks. It does suck, and that's just the way the state does things. The, you know, they know they can turn the screws on business owners to essentially turn them into unpaid enforcers yeah, of their government laws. They send the enforcer laws. to cover the Don's cut. He's got. To, we're not getting any cut here, you know. Right. And if you don't, Maryland we're going to get it from you. Way. Maryland I, is the same way. Oh, of course they are. They're all the same. It's a, the criminal gang pretty much operates the same way across the country. With they take minor, pointers from each other. Yeah, minor tweaks. Yeah. Well. Listen, thanks, guys, and can't wait to meet you. So who else coming up? Is it you, you, boyfriend, Me, husband? my husband. We have Jeff and Debbie. You know, we all four of us are going to be up there together. Great. Uh, yep. That's going to be a blast. And first time for everybody that's, uh, that's coming? Yep. It's, gonna, it's always all, so much We're fun. all just so excited about Great. Look forward up. to seeing you there. Make sure you say hi. And, Tony, thanks for the, uh, the call tonight. Uh, appreciate hearing from you. Uh, it's always so much fun. My favorite question to ask at these events, if I ever get myself up on stage, which I inevitably will, uh, that uh, I love to ask how many people are first time at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival or the Liberty Forum, which is the other event that the, uh, the Free State Project puts on in the, the, uh, the wintertime. But uh, it's usually about 50%. Yeah, it's always a good audience. number, I thought, when... Uh... I've been around a couple of times when you've asked, and yeah. there's a couple, last couple of years of Port Fresh, shoot, shoot, shoot. It's exciting. Up. 
Everyone should have that goal, man. Everyone should bring a friend. I try to encourage as For many sure. friends throughout the year, you know, from back home or that I've met across the way. Come on out. Come check it out. You know, Porcupine, you know, Pork Fest, it's, it's the best time. You know, come, you know, the week before, the week after, during, all of it. It's just a great time of year. It is so much fun. And you guys are, of course, bringing the uh, Mobile Authority assault, uh, the mobile <laughs> authority Resistance, resistance vehicle. vehicle up to uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival for the last time. It's going to be kind of sad. Yeah, I know. Like the last three years, we've been rolling up there. Right. Like, you know, so hopefully, uh, in the somebody in New Hampshire wins. The it. group photo, Marv has always been there. Yeah, it's been a, a figure, I guess. Well, maybe whoever ends up purchasing uh, Marv will continue to bring it back to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. That'd be good. That'd be uh, nice to see. Uh, So 855-450-FREE, toll-free number. We've been talking about things uh, related to school, so I've got a piece here, and then I know, Adamo, you you might have something to share as well, uh, about young people being arrested at government school. This story is from Houston, uh, KHOU.com, reporting that a judge has thrown a 17-year-old 11th grade honor student from Willis High School in jail. Why? Go ahead. Take a guess. I'm going to say talking back or something really silly. I've already uh, read the story multiple times. Tardiness. (laughs) Truancy. She missed school. Honor student? student? Right. This is an important aspect to the story is this girl is an honor student. Correct. Now, Ian, why was she tardy and truant? Uh, you know what? I actually don't know. Oh, God, you got to read these things. <laughs> Apparently, she's helping her family by working and that sort of thing. Oh, I see. How oh, dare so she, she has like a job before I, school. Yeah, I don't have the facts sitting here in front of me. I read it previously, uh, previously in the day, so I don't want to be quoted. Go ahead and read the article. All right. Judge uh, Lanny Moriarty said last month that Diane Tran was in his Justice of the Peace Court for truancy, and he warned her to stop missing school. But she recently missed classes again. So Wednesday, he issued a summons and had her arrested in open court when she appeared. Tran says she works at a full-time job, a part-time job, and she takes advanced placement and dual-credit college-level courses. She says she is too off, often too exhausted to wake up in time for school. Sometimes she misses the entire day and sometimes arrives after attendance has been taken. The judge ordered Tran to spend 24 hours in jail and pay a $100 fine. Moriarty admitted that he wanted to make an example of Tron. He asks, if you let one truant student run loose, what are you going to do with the rest of them? It'll let be them anarchy. Go really? I mean, like, this is where this guy comes up. The it'll be anarchy excuse with an honor student. Right now, an honor, now she can have her feelings of school relate to a weekend in jail or a day in jail. Like, that's really going to make her want to go back. Right. Or, or tell the next student that you have to deal with on truancy, look, when you're on the honor roll... You can be truant. How's that? I mean, clearly this I mean, this is truly about day prison. That's absolutely the case. Because, I mean, it's not about her learn. It's not about education. Right, because she's passing. She's passing. Like, she doesn't colors. even need to be there the whole time in order to, to beat this little system or the to get good best, grades. The best thing they can do in this circumstance is say, oh, well, she's setting example for the other dum-dums. They're going to they're gonna see her well, not showing up, so they're going to think they don't have to show up. But that is the danger, isn't it? I mean, in the same way that Michael Phelps and Barack Obama and, you know, all these people that have been caught for smoking pot have shown you know, without explicitly saying it, they've shown the fact is you can be a pot smoker and be a success. That's a fact. It's been proven again and again by people like that coming out and uh, and being outed as uh, as pot smokers. Same thing here. If he just lets this honor student go out and work and come to school whenever she feels like it, then that's going to show that 
well, you can actually be successful at government school without going to it. Yeah, exactly. And then what? And then other kids are going to be like, I don't need to be here either. You know? Exactly. I've said that for jails. You know, uh, if all these victimless offenders, I said, we're all going to leave one day. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, once we all figure out that we're not here for harming anybody and that this is really just a, you know, money making scheme, we'll all be able to leave. No one will stop you because the eight ninety five an hour guard at the door doesn't want to really stop you, doesn't really care about stopping you. Oh, they're making more than that. Well, I don't know. I was just giving it an average or throwing yeah. out a number. But uh, depending where you are, they don't get paid enough to really want to stop, like to actually stop you. It's not going to matter. Like if 47 people in one room are like, time for us to We're go, out of here. <laughs> We're leaving. They're not going to do anything about it. No one's going to do anything about it because it's just numbers, you know? Well, central control would have to let you out. Uh, you wouldn't be able to get the guards to do it. I don't it. know. I'm sure 50 people could do a number to any kind of door if they had an unlimited amount of time. <laughs> Maybe. Those doors so, are pretty tough. They're uh, UL rated. They'd be uh, creative. I mean, you've UL. seen jail riots. Like, people, they come up true. with all kinds of stuff. UL yeah, they rated. generally don't get out, though. That's true. <laughs> Set stuff on fire. They riot inside the jail and stay there. <laughs> then the people wow. come in with the guns and shoot a few of them. <laughs> All right. So 855-450-FREE, SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. Maybe you want to comment on the school prison analogy or share your experience. It's Free Talk Live. Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 Tunes. With C-Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, lrn.fm, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com. ccrane.com. Free Talk Live, toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. It's a SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything you want and take control of the airwaves. Here tonight, it's Ian. Ademo. And Mark. 855-450-FREE. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So head over and enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to Amazon there. And you can link in uh, to the whichever Amazon is your preference. We've got the Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, Amazon US. And then order whatever it is you're looking for, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. So it's the same Amazon experience you're used to with the same great prices. Free Super Saver shipping deals, used items, dozens of categories. You're just entering through our affiliate link, so Free Talk Live gets credit for the sale. And you can do that through shop.freetalklive.com. That's shop.freetalklive.com. Diane Tran has been sent to jail for 24 hours, has been ordered to pay a $100 fine because she dared to pursue her own life's interests over the interests of the people calling themselves the state. See, it's in their interest to make sure that everyone is obedient That's one of the primary purposes behind government education, behind the government indoctrination system, the day prisons we were talking about earlier tonight, is that 
that one of the number one most important things they're doing with each each school day is training young people to be obedient. Now, it's not an overt thing necessarily, but it, it's it, darn close. It's Raise the, your hand to go to the bathroom. Right. It's, <laughs> it just comes along bit by bit over time. You know, turn, stop talking when the lights get turned out. Raise your hand to go to the bathroom. Make sure you ask permission for X, Y, and Z. And, Ring. There's a bell. Go off to your next the thing. Bells, like in the prison. Bell, yep. And uh, and of course, the buses look like prison buses as well. And actually, where I grew up, the school was actually designed by the same architect as the prison. So it's the things that make you go. Lunch mm. trays, cafeteria food. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Very eerie. So uh, obey. That's what they want to teach people. They want to teach you to obey because they don't want you to grow up thinking for yourself, thinking independently, questioning the system. Oh, yeah, they'll tell you. Some teachers will tell you to question authority, but they don't really mean question the system. Their authority. Right. Don't question the government, the state, these ideas that you're supposed to accept as uh, valid, as good. I think some teachers actually want you to question that. I think there are a handful. But but I did uh, have a situation with a government school teacher who had a sign on the wall uh, you know, an Einstein wall, uh, sign on the wall that said "question authority" that actually didn't want her authority questioned. <laughs> yeah, so, that's not serious, right? She wrote, she wrote down on a piece of paper. In order to diffuse the situation, she says, "I think you have a problem with authority." I pointed up to the picture on the wall. Uh, you know, I mean, all this was done with no <laughs> words whatsoever. She smirked and wandered off. <laughs> when. <laughs> So she's gone uh, to jail 24 hours. Why? Because she was doing her own thing. She's working a full-time job, working a part-time job. She's 17, takes AP courses, dual college, uh, dual credit college level courses, and she's just too darn busy to wake up in time to go to these stupid classes that she honestly doesn't need to be going to, clearly because she's an honor student. But the fact is the, the man in the robe in this case understands as he says in his statement here, if you let one run loose, what are you going to do with the rest of them? Let them go too? Now, he could have used the word prisoner in there instead of, uh, you know, student, right? Cause he's he talk- just said one. Right. In, in the article, it's, uh, it says truant student in parentheses, but he could have been talking about prisoners. My God, if you just let one run loose, then what They'll are you going to do? leave. What are we right. going to do? Uh, Trans said she's working so hard because she's helping to support her o- older brother who attends Texas A&M University and her baby sister who lives with relatives. She said that her parents divorced out of the blue and both moved away, leaving her... Uh, and apparently Willis, who I think is her brother, brother, brother in school. Uh, her mother lives out in Georgia, and she says, I always thought our family was happy, she said tearfully in an interview. She lives with the family of one of her employers. They own a wedding venue, and she works at the vineyard on weekends and dry cleaners full-time. She goes from job to job, from school until she stays up, until 7 o'clock in the morning, said her friend and co-worker and classmate. She yeah. is a busy young lady. This is the person the judge sent to jail because— right. He wanted to send a message. What else can he do? He can't let this girl that's supporting her family, the parents have run off. Uh, you know, she's uh, working two jobs. She's getting all A's. She's in the honor. She's an honor roll student, uh, you know, in, in her school, in her AP classes. This isn't, this isn't consumer math here. She, they can't let her miss too many days because, it'll, you know, the, the, the whole, they think the whole idea of their system will just fall apart. Yeah, this is a big knock on the school. Like, this... This, you know, teenage adult here can not have to be in class for the full 33 minutes or whatever it was or is these days and still get more than passing. She's an honor student. You know, she's not just getting by. She's she's licking this thing, you know, and as well as work a full time job. So the 
first it's a knock at the school. The judge has probably just quashed this girl's ambition. You know, oh, I was trying to do the right thing and work hard and, right. and you know, further myself in life, but now I'm being punished for it. So right. shut up, get yeah, to class, back to work. Right, go to your desk job, slave. Pay your tax. You know, buy your house, buy this car. More consuming. You know, just yeah, molding her for what the the world was going to try to teach her later. I mean, she's she's taking care of herself. She's taking care of her family, and it's just horrible what they're doing here. But don't be surprised, uh, you know, because this is how the this is what the system's really about. This shows their true colors. It shows their true intentions, and uh, they don't get put clear. in this kind of circumstance too often. No, because most people don't have the courage to break away from the system. They don't have the courage to speak out. They don't have the courage to stand up. They don't have the courage to live for themselves, or they just haven't even been. Uh, you know, not only do they not have the courage, but it's been beaten out of them by the constant obedience training. And a lot of some schools, uh, like this story here that comes from CBS Atlanta, where Mississippi school uh, is no longer handcuffing students following a lawsuit from a judge telling them that that is wrong. Like, most people couldn't figure it out. But not just, like, handcuffing them, like, walking them out the door. Mm -hmm. Handcuffing them to poles, benches, and even desks as form of punishment and making students eat their lunches (laughs) there attached to such fixed objects, excuse me, fixed objects, and uh, as punishment, and so for two and a wow. half years, they've this, got a pillory. This is another community, <laughs> like uh, the the children who are kicked out of the regular schools. So after again another knock on the public school system, they can't. They have this Blaine education, and some kids can't accept that or don't work well on that. So they call these the trouble children. And then they send right. them to this other school, and they're still probably questioning authority or wanting to work or do things that you know make their mind you know curious or tick or whatever and so they can't get a handle on these kids so what do they do they chain them to a bunch of benches and desks for punishment and finally in three like years dog. finally somebody stepped up in june of 2011 uh, jeanette murray here on behalf of her 16 year old son so this isn't the police department no this is the school <laughs> yes this is the school who thought this was a good idea uh, <laughs> next year we need to buy some handcuffs and uh, have them at the ready for these troublemakers we'll show them and then someone shows compassion what about their lunch we'll let them eat their lunch right there you, you know, know this was right. this had to have been, I, don't, I don't know some crazy sadist came up with this so it seems too that this woman doesn't want to harm taxpayers because the settlement has no monetary amount, or maybe it's not disclosed if I look down further, but here's a quote saying, uh, when not looking for money, yeah, she says, we hope with the settlement agreement the district of school will just no longer make these decisions and take a more positive approach to student discipline. Like, uh, please geez. stop handcuffing the kids. To pretty please. Fix the objects as punishment. <laughs> what more do you need to know? I mean, I, I hope the gentleman who called earlier was able to tune in and, uh, and listen into this discussion about why these are day prisons. I mean, maybe they're going to have uh, the hole that they throw kids into next. Why not? Uh, you know, the, there was it used to be in-school suspension. It's not that much different. True. Normally, that's an alone thing, right? When you're in it's, school suspension, not necessarily. I mean, you can be in a room with, uh, with, other with others, but there's no no talking, no 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 right. passing. Yeah, I remember when I went to Saturday school, it was a bunch of us in a room, and it was like that. Yeah, you certainly couldn't interact with one another. This article goes on to blame how this is the alternative schools problem that these programs that the troubled children have to go to and how they face problems with disciplining uh, such folks. But they also forget to mention that the alternative schools are more regulated, from my experience, at times from... Were you in one of them? No, but I know of quite a few people. I have friends and uh, a person as well who has done these things. So they have the minimum hour requirements, certain subjects, uh, like hours of proof mm. for 
uh, like time you spent on, like someone has to fill out a form and like verify that you spent four hours reading a book. So it's or even more like micromanaged, that. is what you're saying. Yes. But it also shows, um, and, you know, at the base level, whether you're in one of these alternative education programs, you know, the, the dumb, dumb kid school or the bad kid school or whatever this kid, the kid school, or you're in the regular school or the honor school, whatever it might be, they believe they own you. Yeah, yeah. They believe they own you because they can force you to go. They can lock you to a pillory um, when you're there. I mean, I'm not, that's the story. You know, yeah. they can do whatever they want, and you just can't do anything about it. Can you imagine being like, let's say you're a parent and you didn't know this was going on at your uh, son or daughter's school, and you're walking in for some kind of teacher conference or whatever. You for some reason you're going to the campus. You, <laughs> you walk on campus and there's get kids chained to the poles. Kids, <laughs> kids in stocks. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Kids gets in stocks lunch. with dun- dunce caps on. And what the hell? We are in the 21st century and this stuff is going on. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll free line. Raw milk crackdown. Mark's got the story. We'll explain in moments. Hour three's next. Take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up anything you want via the toll-free number at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features completely free. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. A demo. And Mark. As we continue here. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything you want. And we, we've got another news story here that I don't know what the details are, Mark, but you said there's a crackdown coming on raw milk. Now, they've uh, the government people in many different places, there's different raw milk laws in different places, uh, but in some places, it's completely illegal for humans to consume, to, to sell, uh, I believe even to possess, uh, raw milk. And a lot of people like this stuff. They, uh, Mark, you and your family are fans of it. I believe you order it from local farmers. Yep. And is this one of the states where you can just do it out in the open, or do you have to claim it's for your pets? This is uh, California, where... Y- We're in New Hampshire. Y- the story... Gotcha. Are, I'm asking you about this here in New Hampshire. Is it because you're buying raw milk? Is it one of those things where you have to uh, claim that it's for your pets in order to buy it legally, or can you just go ahead and just openly buy raw milk? I am not entirely aware. Uh, I would say that likely uh, in the in the state of New Hampshire, you do not have to, it, like it's no big deal. Like you can just drink raw milk. Got it. We're a little more rural, and so more it's more likely that we'd be able to get away with it. I Frankly, would I don't that's- ask. Yeah, I would suspect that's correct. I've seen it at a lot of the local markets okay. you know, in the store. So. And if they haven't been raided yet, that's usually a good sign. Whereas out in California, it was, I believe, Rawsome Foods is a raw food market. Uh, they had uh, literally a SWAT team raid 
their business because they were selling raw milk-based products in their freezer, their, and, their refrigerator. Right, and this was uh, that was in Los Angeles, and this is a, basically an extension of that story. If you thought it was strange, I mean, you know, the, the raw some food story to me is a little disingenuous because they're painting the uh, California officials as not allowing raw milk, but in fact, what they're not allowing is you to sell raw milk without their license. That's why I feel it's a little disingenuous because they're getting the raw milk people on their side when most of the raw milk people would say to themselves, "If well, if there's a license, then why not pay for it? You know, the, the, this is an anti-statist move, not a pro-raw milk move. Do you get what I'm saying? I see what you're saying, but the fact is they raided this man's store because he was selling raw milk. But if they had an ice cream, if they had a lollipop license and he was selling yeah. lollipops, they would have raided him over that too. I would too. be as outraged over that. You would. But As anyone should. The, the lolly, there aren't any lollipop advocates out there. So this was kind of this is kind of d- a designed thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, that, I'm not saying it's bad or wrong. I'm just saying I don't it's think a there's anything disingenuous. disingenuous to say that a man had his business raided because he was selling raw milk. Whether he had a government without permission a slip or not, I think is immaterial to the, well, the discussion. The one reason I, I always say without a license because I want to be entirely clear to anybody listening Fine, what it's about. Um, but it has gotten. Well, this one's entitled Utter Nonsense uh, from BreakTheMatrix.com. This is from uh, Bob Unruh, I guess. The founder of Organic Pastures Business in California is reporting that government health officials have begun tracking down the names and addresses of natural foods customers and showing up at their homes demanding to confiscate any raw milk that they might have. Wow. The door-to-door raw, raw milk, milk raids, raw milk confiscations have begun. Well, wait a minute. Now, are they actually just knocking? And, is it a knock and talk, or are they actually breaking in and taking people food out of a fridge? They're not breaking in to taking food out of a fridge. They're asking. They're, intimid- uh, they're, they're intimidating their to way confiscate in. any raw milk that those right. people might have. So Bring it outside. Right. So essentially it's a knock and talk, as they call it in police terms, where they don't actually have enough for a warrant. They don't have anything that they can really you know, make an official move on. So they just show up and use their intimidation tactics on you know, unsuspecting individuals who have no training. You know, they haven't been to copblock.org. They don't know, uh, you know how to ask questions in response to questions or just keep quiet uh, or not to answer, or the, answer door the door at all, in the right. first place. You have no obligation, uh, as I understand it, to, uh, to talk to these people. So they don't know these things, and the police know they don't know them, so they pick on people because of their ignorance, and they'll show up, and they'll flash a badge, and they'll you know, say something intimidating to them, and they'll get them probably nine times out of ten to get them to do whatever they, they tell them to. Well, let me, see, let me see your fridge. Yep. You know, it's illegal. Throw it out. So uh, it's our understanding that you're a customer of Rossum Foods and that you may have purchased raw milk there in the past. Uh, yes. Do you have any raw milk on the premises? Uh, yes. I mean, there, you're done. You're done. I mean, you know, all you've said is two words to the cops. If you see, if you see a police officer, here's my advice. Once again, if you're dealing with a police officer and you didn't call them. We are not attorneys, not legal advice. And they're asking you questions. You do not answer those questions. You know, if if they say, how's the weather? Fine. You can answer that, that question. That's fine. But I, I'm still a little iffy on any question. There's no reason to talk to them at all. Don't even at answer all. the door. You you could ask ahead of time. This is the this is the magic question. If you were... Oh, sorry. Magic the, question. The magic question is, are you conducting an investigation? Exactly. Because if they're conducting an investigation, good officer, you need to be in contact with my attorney. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Now, A... 
they you don't have to give them. There's no law that says you have to supply them with the name of your attorney. No. Okay? <laughs> Investigate that one, buddy. <laughs> right? Right. You're a police officer. Do some police work. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not going to do it anyway because they've got other things to do. They've got they dupes. That, they've yeah. got other suckers that they can go and push themselves well, on. And that's right. what you find out a lot with these, you know, real ridiculous issues. Not that most of them aren't. But, yeah, they, they go find the weaker link, the guy who's going to give them the information, who does, like, give it up on, oh, yeah, I got this here, and it's right yep, here, yep. you know? Like, uh, last Mr. week we were Lux. talking about the guy with the $22,000 in his car. You know, the the cop that ended up writing it up, like, oh, I found it with my police work, and blah, blah. The true story is the guy said, oh, it's right here, yep. underneath this stuff. Take it. And, like, I mean, but he didn't say take, take it, but it, basically no. he might as well have said since he, he might as well have him. said take it. Because right. once you tell, um, you know, because they're asking I'm being questions. cooperative. No you do not answer their question. Do you know how fast you're going? Are you conducting an investigation? Mm. Uh, where are you Where are you headed? Are you conducting an investigation? Right. I know that when I was pulled over, and I, I Jason Talley is supposed to find this video for me. I'm h- hoping to have it at some point here at, in the near future so we can put it online. You can see it. But uh, it was my second dealing with the police uh, in a pullover situation as being the driver. And uh, she asked for my license and registration. I understand that I've got to turn those over if I've got them with me. So I, I was looking for those and was trying to retrieve one of them from the glove box while she was peppering me with other questions about, you know, where are you going and uh, where, where is this your, your current address? And I kind of ignored her for a little bit. and it, it frustrated her that I wasn't responding to her right away. And I said, well, hold on. I'm working on getting you the, the driver's license and registration. You just hang on there. And so I just... One thing I wanted, at a time. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> because they want to confuse you. They want right. to get you to, talking to them. And so I focused on getting her the, the paperwork. And after that, I was able to focus better and I refused to answer any her questions about any of that stuff and as a result you know she couldn't write me up for more stuff which of course she wanted to do so and by the way uh, she also tried to get identification from all three of my passengers and i uh intervened in her request and i said i don't believe you can uh i don't believe they're under any obligation to give you anything yeah right and why are you even talking to them when your issue is with me she backed right down as soon as i made uh, made that statement well, you had already established at that point you had some idea of what was going on, and right. they don't know what they're dealing with. They they never are. Is this an ACLU attorney? Am I going right. to get you know scolded here? I have no idea what's going to happen. So, so back to the raw milk uh, raids. You say they're going raids and, is not the proper excuse term. Me, raids wrong term, but maybe it's going to come to that. Uh, door to door raw milk confiscations. Yeah. So, voluntary. Yeah, right. It's, basically, it is. I mean, it's voluntary from the way they d- d- talk about it. It doesn't they feel voluntary. They would describe it as voluntary. Yes, we knocked on the door. The guy said he had some stuff, and he handed it over, and so we right. took it our way. Two guys geared up like they're ready to invade Poland come to your door, right? And they start to, excuse me, do you have any raw milk on the premises? Uh, yeah. I mean, you, all you, you're you taught all your life to tell the truth, that uh, the truth will set you free. Not in this case, it won't. <laughs> But so, we always know what happens, though, when you're, if you do not answer the door, if you are not cooperative with her, you know, I wonder to what point it will get. When will it be the full-out, like, drug war raid? Yeah, how long before they literally are coming into people's homes and checking freezers and, uh, and, and checking refrigerators? It's like the, the sadistic sick spin on how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop, you know, one? Two, three. Like how many how many door slams or non answers does it take to get to the full on Bearcat SWAT team raid? But another reason to not open the door for these people is because you never know how pushy of a cop you're gonna deal with. So if you open the door, he may put his foot in the door. You know, he may put make some sort of move to try to enter your home and then, you know, you've got a pushy cop trying to use force on you and you don't want to use force back because that's gonna make things worse. 
letting yourself into a very difficult situation. So better to not open the door at all. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in and bring up whatever you want toll free at 855 453. The SACL CAI toll free line 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have, like the archives. You can just click and download as many as you want. They go all the way back to late 2006. We give them away. So head over and enjoy at freetalklive.com. Plus now, in the if you go to freetalklive.com, look on the left-hand side. There's the listen and share section. Uh, you'll find a link to our, our uh, SoundCloud channel there, which will make it really easy for you to share any one of our shows on your Facebook page or Twitter or WordPress blog, wherever it is that your friends are looking. Uh, if you want to share some free talk live with them, we make it easy through the SoundCloud page. You'll find the link there on the left-hand side of the website. If you're looking for coffee, a great place to go is coffee.freetalklive.com. Uh, we've teamed up with O'Neill Coffee in order to, well, bring you some of the best flavored and gourmet coffees available. Uh, from my opinion, I've had this coffee, and it's some of the best coffee I've ever drank in my life. You can, O'Neill Coffee is a third-generation, family-owned business right in Pennsylvania. They roast each batch with the finest beans and the utmost care. They're going to get it out into the mail to you quickly. Their prices are extraordinarily reasonable. I don't think you can find fresh roast coffee in your town uh, for the rates that you can get it from uh, coffee.freetalklive.com. And the shipping's free if you order $75 or more. You can uh, support Great Coffee Craftsmanship, get a free mug. All you have to do is, uh, in the special instructions section, when you order at coffee.freetalklive.com, just mention FTL, and you'll get a free mug and free shipping. It's coffee.freetalklive.com. All right, so we'll continue here. Uh, The news is a raw milk crackdown is happening in California, correct? Correct. Uh, Where they have gotten the customer lists of... I guess different enterprises that have been selling raw milk without governmental permission. Is that correct? We'll get these scoff laws. Did they go after just one store or was it more than one one store? Well, at this, I, I don't have that information. What okay. it is is reported. Um, you just feel bad that I caught you earlier in the show without uh, some information. On the no, story. you had mentioned <laughs> earlier that it, you said the name of some yes. sort of store. I thought organic, you said the name of a store. The founder of Organic Pastures, uh, of the Organic Pastures business in California is reporting that the government health officials have begun tracking down the names and addresses of natural food customers and showing up at their homes. I see, natural food customers. I didn't know if that was a store name or something like that. So this is the claim. According to Mark McAfee, uh, both uh, L.A. County and San Diego County have attempted to acquire customer names and addresses from organic pastures for the sole purpose of sending food confiscation teams to customers' homes to remove raw milk from their customers' refrigerators. Now, this is reported at naturalnews.com, and I... You know, I don't know actually whether this is just this company that is dealing with this mm-hmm. or whether he's reporting that it's happening in other companies or not. So, I mean, mm-hmm. from from the verbiage here, it certainly names this one business, but it doesn't exclude others. 
Well, right. He said they were attempting to. So I wonder if that means they were not successful at getting names from him. Maybe he did not give up that information. Right. Maybe they get. Well, the claim is is that it's happening though. That the door to door, you know, the door to door stuff is happening. So they've so. already done it elsewhere, and they came to him trying to get him to give up. I would his imagine customers. they've got raw some foods list. Mm-hmm, I mean, they, they raided the business. There. Yeah, they did a raid there, and you know, they busted in with MP5, sh- uh, aiming them at uh, hippies buying raw milk. I mean, Plus, it's crazy. It's also it's really scary once people realize what uh, governments or properly trained trained people can get off comp- computers, even remotely or sure. however. So they have any of that information, which most any good business does. Well, on and they any probably could have walked in and just grabbed the computer and like they it probably did in the raid, right? Uh, but with this particular case, it, I'm just going to speculate here. I don't know what the law is out in California, but if it's illegal to sell raw milk to someone without a government uh, a license, which is what you said earlier in California, mm-hmm. then that probably means the customer isn't liable because the customer can't be expected to check on somebody's, whoa, whoa hold on there, uh, Mr. Cashier, I, I'm going to need to make sure you guys have a uh, raw milk license before I purchase this raw milk from you. That's pretty unreasonable to demand that customers be aware of the licensing status of the business from which they're purchasing Makes the product. Sense. So that would be why you know they're likely not charging any of these customers with anything. There's no criminal uh, penalty here. It's just an intimidation campaign to put a stop to this. I mean, they essentially also, they want to scare these people into going back and buying corporate milk. Well, the, the, it says here the report uh, from this McAfee says the Los Angeles County Health Department officials have unleashed door-to-door raw milk confiscation teams to threaten and intimidate raw dairy customers into surrendering raw milk products they legally purchased and owned. Mm, there so you go. If they so were legal. Go, it, legal. Yeah. If they well, I mean, if they went, think about this for a second. If you're the cop on raw milk duty. Like, that's got to be a pretty crappy position. Yeah, you got to um, make somebody mad in the office already. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so you're going to a, a home and you're like, look, I'm supposed to find any milk that might have come from unlicensed raw milk dealers. Do you have any raw milk in the home? Give it here. I'm going to pour it out on the lawn. I mean, like, you know, they're not going to they're not going to be Ew, meticulous. sink. Whatever. <laughs> not, probably not. I mean, I wouldn't even bother going to the house. Well, they wouldn't. The Keen police were stopping people from uh, drinking whatever they wanted to put in their body, whether it was water. They didn't know. I remember we were down there in Central Square and they started pouring the beer in the fountain. So yeah. when they go to confiscate and destroy things, they don't do it in the most safe manner or like without thinking like everything else. Sure. So they probably would dump it on the grass. I'm just thinking raw milk getting nasty in the sun. That would. It probably attract some uh, critters. Yep. At least some flies. At least stink. But, um, you know, what do they care? They're going to get in a car and drive away. It's not their property. They don't have to live there. (laughs) So I I wouldn't doubt for a second that they're confiscating milk that was sold legally, completely legally. Uh, I mean, you know, if you bought it from somebody with a license, how are you going to prove that uh, the business, you know, once once you've turned over the milk to the milk police, then you're not going to get it back. I mean, face it, folks. Whenever a police officer demands to see something from you, the chances of you getting it back, I think it's much higher if it's your driver's license. But the uh, you know much else, or you know, license registration uh, and proof of insurance. I think these forms are you're likely to get back. But much else, like a real tangible object, I don't think your chances of getting it back are very high. No, probably slim to none. I mean, just like anything else, you could probably jump through a bunch of hoops, but... They can investigate for a year. Hire a lawyer to get the Who's going to want back. that? Yeah. I'll take that year-old uh, raw milk now. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, no. Now I want the officer to drink it. Oh. But it's so petty. I mean, just think about it, right? I mean, what do you pay for a gallon of raw milk or half gallon? What do I pay? Yeah. Um, I think it's four bucks right. for I mean, a that's gallon. How petty we're, that's how petty this is. For a I gallon. Mean, 
These guys are trying to go after people who are engaging in voluntary transactions, $4 transactions, and ultimately what's motivating this is not it's not the health of the consumer, it's the corporate milk producers that don't like the fact that these farmers are just edging in on their uh, their product with a different uh, right. offering in the marketplace. And instead of being honest about it and saying, yeah, that's what it's about, uh, there are a bunch of lobbyists here who say, yo, this stuff is better milk than anyone else. Uh, instead of just being honest like that, it's sugar-coated in it is about the health, that it's right. going to make you sick and this is a danger. And even even so, most of us would say, like, so what? Okay, so I, everything I do has risk. Right, everything, cook an egg wrong, you get sick. Right, bacon, meat, anything, you know, it doesn't matter. And so if they would just come out and say, hey, we're not happy about this, so we're going to use some men with guns to do it, at least we'd know it is what it is. But now it's like, no, it's all clothed in safety and Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to couch it in fear. I mean, otherwise people aren't going to believe it. They're not going to uh, take you seriously. They're going to see through it and see the idea that this is just protectionism for the existing licensed milk distributors. That's all that this is. Uh, you, you can't be honest with people, otherwise they'll know the game's up. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. We're going to come back around to the beginning here, for those who are just tuning in, because we never actually got to the apology from the MSNBC host who was under fire from the Veterans of Foreign Wars for speaking out his true feelings, apparently, about whether or not all military members should be considered as heroes. It's Free Talk Live. Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. C-Crane's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna at C-Crane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number is 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. We have the news updates. You can get signed up. Follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever delivery method is best for you. You can go get signed up free and be up to date with what's going on with Free Talk Live over at news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. You can get over 18,000 radio stations piped right into your kitchen. At least I can, because uh, that's I've got the CC Wi-Fi internet radio, and it's in the uh, the studio kitchen at uh, here at the LRN.FM studios, which is really nice now, because we can listen to our feed, the uh, LRN.FM feed, uh, it, while we're in there. You know, if we're cooking up something during a break or something like that and need to hear what's going on with the show, it's it's there. Basically, I have a, a studio monitor in another room of the house, and it's uh, it's on Wi-Fi, so you can put it wherever a Wi-Fi signal is available and have total access to pretty much any internet stream you can think of. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, uh, MP3 Tune with uh, CC Cranes, or C Cranes rather, uh, CC Wi-Fi internet radio. It's a neat product. Yeah, it's a it's a great little product. I've uh, I've seen you use it, and it, it it seems like it operates just fine. I mean, you you have another um, internet radio too that you'd used before. What do you think as far as comparisons go? 
I think it's definitely a competitor. I mean, it's a, it's a good product. The other product is a little different. It's more of like an alarm clock radio, although as I understand it, the CC radio does have an alarm function. It doesn't I look quite alarming. I though. haven't gotten into that function. It's not the primary function of the, uh, the, the CC radio. The CC radio is just a dedicated internet radio. That's all it does. It doesn't have an FM tuner in it or anything like that. It's just for people that want to hear everything from around the world, every possible you know radio station with a stream internationally, this product can do that. And one thing that uh, you know I have as far as buying from C Crane, my mind's always set at ease that you're getting the best your money can buy um, because they just make the best products. It's uh, it's pretty simple from my experience with it thus far and I've That's been enjoying nice, it. That's intuitive. Uh, yes, uh, so ccrane.com, uh, ccrane.com is ccrane.com is where you can go to get your CC Wi-Fi internet radio. As we go to Leland who is listening in Alabama to WBHP in the Huntsville area? Hey, Leland. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember me. I called maybe like two or three months ago. Uh, I, I had some questions about uh, the legalization of drugs, but uh, I wanted to let you know that I worked all that out, and I basically officially went from a mostly conservative uh, point of view to a mostly libertarian point of view. Well, excellent. Was the there light, one the point? Light, uh, the was there a turning on. point in particular for you on that issue? Kind of, yeah. Uh, believe it or not, I was listening to Penn Gillette on uh, Sean Hannity, and uh, I, had, I heard some stuff that I'd heard before, but um, he, he said something that did strike me, um, and he said that, um, and he, he said it more eloquently than I'm going to say it now, but basically he said the best measure of our love for freedom was how we apply it to others and other points of view that we don't necessarily uh, agree with. That's pretty good. And uh, I don't do drugs personally, but... Do you drink? No. Oh wow. Okay, then you're you're telling the truth. Then or some people coffee. some people will say that. And uh, right, yeah. What about coffee? Do you drink coffee? And he he said he's the same way. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't drink alcohol. It's he true. Said, in fact, if he's at at a, at a, at, a, at dinner with people who drink, he'll he'll leave the table. But uh, I just realized that I, I think eventually I realized that as far as like civil liberties are concerned, uh, Republicans are just as likely to take them away as Democrats. You know, sure. and I used to consider myself, you know, conservative Republican, and it just was conservative and, you know, doing my own thing. And, and now I don't really care about, you know, a lot of the uh, moral issues. I, you know, like um, what, what we would call um, victimless crimes and stuff like that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, no victim, no crime. As, as long as there's no victim, as long as there's no uh, party claiming damage, then uh, there is no crime. These vice crimes, as right. they call them, yeah. Right, or uh, so consensual I'm, crimes. I'm still pretty, uh, I'm still pretty politi- uh, personally religious, but, you know, that's just my own deal, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I'm a, a individually, myself, I'm a conservative individual in the way, you know, I run my life and, and conduct myself. I just don't think that necessarily that I know what's best for everybody, or even if I do know what's best for everybody, that it's going to work out if I attempt to force them. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that, Leland. It's always nice to uh, to have been a positive influence on helping somebody see. Uh, Sounds like Penn Gillette was a positive influence. That, what, did, what did you hear? Did you hear Free Talk Live before Penn Gillette? Thanks, was, guys. Hey, Thanks. Leland. Thanks, would, Leland. How, did you hear Penn after you heard us talking about it? Um, this was like last week. I listened to his podcast sometimes, and uh, the, 
that was the other thing. Like, I, I know he's an atheist, and a lot of other uh, libertarians are atheists, so that was, like, something I had to work out, you know, be being Christian and all. But uh, I, I heard him, like, last week. That's, last week was when I heard it. Got it. And you'd heard Free Talk Live discussing the issue previously. You'd called us about it. Uh, yeah, I listen to you guys uh, probably two or three times a week, and uh, I had called, like, three months ago about uh, something about legalizing drugs. Yeah, it, it absolutely is the key uh, to being free yourself, is to allowing others to be free in their lives. And until people come to understand that, until people let go of the desire to control others, to try to mold everyone else around them into some vision that they have for the way the world ought to be, until people can get rid of that desire, uh, then they'll never, they will never be free. Uh, because ultimately, as long as you want to control someone else, it's only a matter of time before that other someone else decides they want to control you back. And that's why we have the situation we have today with people constantly fighting over the guns of government, yeah. the, the tool, this violent tool uh, that exists to attempt to force people to b- believe, uh, believe or behave or do things in a certain way or not do certain things that other people don't want them to do. And the, the tool just gets passed around and passed around and passed around. And before you know it, there's laws against almost everything. Now we've got laws against raw milk. I mean, it's just that's the, that's the direction this goes in. The most powerful people will get their way until someone else takes power and then turns it back on them. And it's a never-ending cycle of violence, and we're all caught in the middle of it. And all we have to do to end it is to just stop, stop desiring to control others. Stop funding the state, who, the people who use that desire. Well, right, and then ignore the, ignore the state and stop funding right. them and uh, forget about that belief system and change your belief system and, and come to the conclusion that the state doesn't exist. It's only an idea, it's ju- and it's a bad idea, a bad old idea that needs to go away. Uh, but that, uh, that the state is nothing more than human beings who are attempting to control others and who are willing to do so by using the, the threat of and actual force in order to do that. And as we've uh, shown time and time again, when you use force on peaceful people, you get unintend- unintended consequences, negative consequences, and in many cases, the opposite of your original intentions. Any other thoughts, Leland? No, you, you said it, man. Thanks uh, for the call. I want to thank you guys and... Uh... I'll keep on listening. Very good, sir. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. See, this message is simple, and it works over time. But, you know, it's never going to be that first conversation you have with somebody no, where they're going to come No, it's definitely not. Board. I mean, because people, we have all been uh, indoctrinated, uh, you know, myself included, uh, with the idea that, and, and I think that, you know, the, the idea that, whoa, you can't have no government, that'll be anarchy, and it'll be terrible. And I wouldn't propose for a second that there be no government. I propose that we not have a top-down hierarchical state that demands compliance from you, that uh, demands to be uh, a monopoly and uses, uh, you know, stealing that they call taxation in order to fund itself. That's what I have a problem with. I think that uh, you know governance can come in lots of different ways. You'll never get innovation in this area of governance. There was a, there was a big innovation in the area of governance around you know the the late 18th century, and you saw the United States and France and several other places you know go towards this republic thing. But what kind of innovation has there been since then? 
What's the diff? What you know? What's parliament? The parliamentary process? I mean, that's the big leap forward we've had in the last two hundred and something years. Your thoughts are welcome, even in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up next. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want here, 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line available to you here in the reigning moments, 1-855-450-FREE. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Adamo. And Mark. And I want to make sure that you know that there's some alternative currencies out there that are a little different from gold and silver. Now, in Free Talk Live, we're uh, big fans of uh, gold and silver. I've uh, got some silver on the way to me, actually, from Midas Resources. Oh, did you use more? Yeah, uh, and you can go to silver.freetalklive.com. You can place your order for gold and silver there. But maybe you want to diversify a little bit more and get into something digital. That's right, bitcoins. They're the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With bitcoins, there are contracts to sign or terms of service that you've got to abide by. You can download the free software and be using it in just a few minutes. It's completely open source. You don't need to click on any terms of service when you do it. Uh, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world. No fees uh, attached to it. You don't need the permission from any government agency or bank or whatever to do it. You'll learn more. Visit WeUseCoins.org. It's a minute and 44 second long video. Well worth seeing because fact, the fact of the matter is bitcoins are changing the internet and changing the world. Now, thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit BitInstant.com. As we continue here, we'll take your calls about anything. Ed is in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Ademo and Mark. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, Ed. Hey, I just want, uh, I just read an article earlier about, uh, in the New York Times, a tough judge's proposal for fair sentencing. Okay. This judge is finally seeing, you know, where it's insane these mandatory minimum sentences. Yeah. That they have to apply. In other words, uh, he really sums it up right here pretty good. Uh, prosecutors run our federal justice system today. Judges play a subordinate role, necessary, yes, but subordinate nonetheless. Defense counsel take what they can get. That but, sounds about uh, they right. They wrote a letter to the Department of Justice saying we got to end this insanity. But I just thought I'd mention that to y'all. Yeah, I, I, I hope your letter does some good. I, well, I hope the judge's influence does some good as well. I this mean, is a, a trench system. I mean, when you're talking with the way things are as far as the criminal justice system here, it's so entrenched and there's no reason for anyone to back out of it. I mean, you can't support convicts. They're bad people. So if the idea of reforming a system in order to make it fair or just, well, then you're advocating for convicts and they're bad people. That's the perspective of these folks. You hate America and baby Jesus if you want a better system. (laughs) But like y'all say, uh, no victim, no crime. We're, we're talking about nonviolent people, 
also this article now that I said that, it points out that uh, most of them are not involved in any big-time drug deal. I think it said 74%. Uh, let's see. Is that on a federal level? 74% of defendants charged with crimes involving crack cocaine faced a mandatory minimum sentence in the year that ended in September, according to uh, statistics compiled by the United States Sentencing Commission. But yep. only 5% of them led or managed a drug business. And this is one of the ways that uh, you know people will claim, and I think that it's uh, I think it's an accurate claim that um, the judicial system is racially biased. Um, the oh, fact yeah. is that uh, crack cocaine and cocaine are really no different at all. Uh, one of them has a scarier name, and uh, it's associated with you know black people or whatever. Yeah, they, they thought it was more damaging, is what they said. But but listen, these stats. Mark from this, uh, you can look at plenty up of white crack smokers. I'd like to point out there there are the, uh, but, Fair uh, Sentencing Act of two thousand and ten. Go ahead. It showed that fifty two percent of crack users were white, thirty eight percent were black, but eighty eight percent of those incarcerated for crack were black. I it's usually it. not the pos- it's, it's not the possession of one or two rocks that we're talking about. It's usually the sale of it that uh, is is mostly what you know the, the, what they're trying to arrest for. And I would I would guess that well, no, it says eighty percent uh, or for uh, possession only. Yep. See that's because that's, that's what they can get them for. Right. I mean, it, we we all know it's a sham. Well, the war on drugs. If you, you know. If you're going to try to bust people for crack, you're not going to go around house to house looking for crack. You're going to go where the crack is being sold, and as far as they're concerned, where it's being sold, and where it's being sold in the easiest and most out front place, and that's likely to be in the hood, whether whether whatever ethnicity the hood might be in your particular town. Um, so therefore, that's where they're going to go. Right, but it, and but another thing that makes it such a sham is that's a very uh, small percentage. You know, more as you know, where do you usually get your drugs from? People you know. Friends of yours. Oh, yeah, exactly. Are you asking me to admit to some kind of crime here? <laughs> no, but I mean, everybody, I mean, it just shows you know how you you guys know how ridiculous it is. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Who owns your body? You or you the government? And, and the only always, way you can even control anything like this is through tyranny. <laughs> yeah, an attempt. Which it doesn't really a, work. Attempt to control. Okay, it, right? and also let me end with this, and I'll get off here. It was our, <laughs> in Colorado. You don't believe this? At the prom night. Two mothers have been charged. They sprayed Lysol on the kids when it says here that uh, they were dancing like they were having sex with their clothes on. Oh, geez. They sprayed Lysol on these kids. And they, also, and they called the girls, I got it noted here, they called the girls sluts and whores. Do you believe That's it? Terrible. And also, they were wearing military gear. Creepy. <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, the little the uniform. Yeah, BDUs or whatever. <laughs> hey, thanks, right. Ed, for the call, I'll man. Talk, Appreciate yeah. hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Stop dancing like that. <sighs> I can't believe you go in there and spray Lysol on somebody else's kids. It's crazy. I mean, uh, what, what? I can't believe you just spray Lysol on any kids or people. Like, what, I, was there? like I, what were you hoping to achieve? Disinfect yourself, child. It, indeed, but I mean, other people's kids, you're going to go in there and, uh, I mean, they're dancing and what? You know, I'm as as likely as the next guy to look at this. Uh, what do they call it? Freaking is that the the name of this dance style where you know, essentially that, yeah. you're simulating sexual activity while 
dancing. I mean, it's it's not dancing in any way that uh, previous generations. Again, we're back to the generation gap uh, thing here. But I mean, for the longest time, again, people in older generations have been looking at young people and the way they dance. You know, all the way back to the flappers in the uh, the 1920s, what they were doing was very outrageous at that time. And similarly, you know, different generations have done outrageous things to uh, people in older generations. It's just the same old story. You know, these are some uh, uptight moms who, uh, you know, I don't know, they're, they're jealous or whatever their problem is with uh, young people doing this, as though they're not going to do more than simulate the sexual activity after the dance is over. Right, like, like that was the least of their worries, well, you know. Yeah. At least they have their clothes on right. the dance. I've been watching this television program, and, and this is this really is a, t- a testament to what people will do when they have a TV in front of them. But it's called uh, My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding. It's, okay. it's a, uh, Isn't that after a movie or something? Wasn't My Big movie? Fat Greek Wedding. But okay. this is a, a reality TV show that uh, focuses on, uh, you know, rum in a shell and Irish travelers in the United States. If you want to see a lifestyle that's completely different than yours... Go ahead and watch this thing. Because, I mean, I just watched it in awe of the gaudy kind of clothing that these people wear. The travelers? The people that go around from house to house and scam people? No. This is... uh, No. No, they're just travelers. I mean, they they do different things. I mean, they're uh, no, okay, no. Sorry, I thought that's, you were talking about. I have no word. idea what you're talking about. Um, well, there's like this this culture of people that like goes house to house and offers like driveway painting, and they're just scamming people. They're called travelers. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I've seen like, like five person teams, and they hit a whole community at yeah. like the same time and stay in hotels. Couldn't answer. They're gypsies, basically. Yeah. Okay, well, um, gypsy is a derogatory term. <laughs> that's why I was using the term traveler. Uh, well, it's. <laughs> Uh, you hate it when I use gypsy. I do hate it when you use gypsy because it's a derogatory term. But you know anyway, what gypsy means. Well, let me tell you about these people and stop derailing me. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, you know, these are these family lifestyles of people that get married at like 14, 15, 16 years old. And the women dress in these gaudy fashions and show a great deal of skin and they you know, they dance a lot, and at least on the TV screen, they dance a lot, and, and you know, their, their dances are very provocative, but they have this incredibly conservative culture where, you know, it's they, they get married very young, they stay apparently rather true to each other, and that's, you know, and what what's they what's their do. history from? Where's they, where are they from again? Well, these are the Romney shells. I guess they're, um, they're, they're originated in India, but they huh. used to be called Egyptians. All kinds of laws have been passed for the last 500 years in Europe for them, you know, going around. Hitler actually attempted to uh, you know get rid of them too eliminate them too and what's interesting is is you can't judge this group by the way they act they're very conservative but they you know in their their family structure but very hmm. liberal in their sort of dress and and actions so you know i'm just huh. making the point here an unusual group of people is that if if you sprayed down these people with lysol you would be presupposing that they might be doing it afterwards but these girls aren't even allowed to go on dates with boys not at all i mean if they, if they get to dance with boys they get to dance at a party in the view of their parents the or if they go on a date they have a, a chaperone huh. i mean it's crazy and stuff. the show's called what It's my big fat fat, uh, gypsy wedding. Gypsy wedding. Interesting. Now, I'll use the term gypsy because it's the title there, but it's often (laughs) a derogatory term. I was going to ask. We're out of time for tonight. You can join a demo over at copblock.org and uh, freetalklive.com. Until tomorrow night, we'll see you then online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com.
The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post show. And I have uh, with me Mark Scribner from the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Mark, you there? I'm here, Mark. Excellent. So uh, you've been on with us before, and thanks for coming back. There is another oh, my pleasure. Yeah, there's another issue out there, sort of brewing, and uh, I know you guys have had your eyes on it. And it's the it's the Google car, right? And it's and it's not just. I mean, Google the uh, the Google autonomous car, the Google self driving car, as mm-hmm. they're calling it, is uh, is the most advanced prototype, uh, at least that we know of. Uh, perhaps there's, you know, some sort of Segway-style secret uh, project out there from an entrepreneur. Uh, but the, the, the most advanced uh, prototype that we know of is, is Google's autonomous car. Um, but it's really, you know, it's more about the whole uh, autonomous driving technology and how that's going to uh, revolutionize American mobility and, you know, and indeed around the world. Now, um, this, I've heard about this Google car in the past. It can drive without a driver, and it's had one accident when somebody else hit it. Um, it, was, right. it was the other driver's fault. <laughs> so this right. thing... It has never been at fault uh, while it's been in, uh, in driverless mode. And I, I want to say it did get, there was a, the, the driver, when it was in manual mode, a driver of a Google car, I think, had a fender bender or some sort of small uh, incident, but nothing, you know, nothing major and nothing uh, that was the fault of the actual uh, autonomous driving technology uh, within the vehicle while it was engaged. At this point, Skynet has not had a mac- an accident. Not, uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, I mean, this is amazing technology that could revolutionize the way Americans travel. Um, it could, it, it could allow for people to work, you know, live much farther from where they work and all kinds of other innovations. I mean, this is a, a this is a really great thing. And at this point, you know, appears to be pretty good technology. It's not, uh, you know, it, it isn't uh, running over pedestrians and dragging them for three miles or, you know, nothing right. like that has occurred. So I, I know that California has been attempting to help. And Whenever the government tries to help, it's always a generally turns out to be a bad thing. Right, and uh, so California, um, you know, they 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 uh, like Nevada uh, was the first state in the country to both pass a bill uh, that legalized this technology explicitly. The thing is, actually, before they were even talking about these bills of actually legalizing it, it, it uh, you know, autonomous driving explicitly. Um, they're actually the way that traffic laws and vehicle registration laws were written. They never really anticipated this. You know, many were written 80 years, 80 years ago sure. and haven't been updated substantially since. So for example, uh, for most of the country, it's technically not illegal uh, to, uh, to operate these vehicles on the road. Now, of course, the, the law doesn't say uh, you can, and that's sort of the issue. And that's, uh, and basically Google, Who's a, a, they're the driving force behind uh, many of these bills. Uh, they obviously want uh, crystal clear uh, legal certainty about uh, you know their ability to operate these things. But yeah, so California. So what Nevada did last year, um, they basically wrote a bill, and it was mostly about electric um, vehicles. It was basically updating their vehicle code um, uh, to to kind of work in sort of the, the, that new technology and take into account how that may affect parking 
and uh, and uh, and uh, tax uh, collection and things like that. Um, they had one tiny section of the bill that actually pertained to driverless vehicles, and they basically they basically ordered the Nevada DMV to start issuing licenses. And Nevada has issued a a, a, a license to an autonomous vehicle already. Um, what California did, they came up with this. Uh, it's about a two-and-a-half-page bill uh, that spells out a number of very specific provisions. It doesn't say, you know, uh, California DMV, start letting these things uh, operate, start allowing more uh, robust testing. Um, and the worst thing that it does, uh, and keep in mind, this was a bill in California that has passed the, the state Senate uh, that was intended to legalize these things, um, what they, there was a section in there that said, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to quote it, it said, until such time that an autonomous vehicle meets the requirements established by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or NHTSA, for the operation of autonomous vehicles without the presence of a licensed driver, the autonomous vehicle may not be operated on public roads unless a licensed driver is seated in the driver's seat of the vehicle. Now, I'll say, the first problem with this is that NHTSA has yet to actually announce a rulemaking on requirements for autonomous vehicles, and they're not expected to even announce that until next year. And having been involved in NHTSA proceedings before, they can easily take three, four, five years, and Google is saying this technology may be ready for consumers in three to five years. So we're basically, California is waiting to play catch-up with NHTSA that basically doesn't even understand what this technology is all about yet. But the second main problem is, like, note that it said that uh, you need to have a licensed driver in these autonomous vehicles sitting behind the driver's seat, or sitting in the driver's seat, rather, of but the that vehicle. Doesn't, but it doesn't so, say you have to be awake. Right. It doesn't say you have to be awake. But the main problem with that is because is one of the really cool, uh, uh, cool aspects of this technology and potentials of this technology is that uh, we could have digital hail uh, taxis or ride shares. So, say for example, you would take a, you would take a, uh, you'd have a smartphone and a smartphone app, and using, uh, using a, using your uh, GPS, uh, you would be able to call one of these, an empty car up, and have it arrive at wow. your location. Uh, then you, then you get in, and it takes you wherever it is. And you know, we have all sorts of advanced um, uh, electronic payment systems that are already, you know, available that you can you can tie into this. But it basically prevents any sort of uh, testing in that area until NHTSA uh, figures out what they're doing. So uh, uh, Nevada, uh, the bill that they passed did not include any such language. Uh, now the the Department of Motor Vehicles and uh, and other uh, agencies in the state could perhaps uh, do the same thing. But then again, you're, you're, then you're dealing, I mean, that's far simpler than, than changing the law. Uh, you can have a, you, know, you can basically order a, uh, a rulemaking there, and uh, if the technology is viable, um, then they could say, okay, yeah, we're now going to allow this sort of, you know, these, these uh, occupantless taxis to pick people up, or driverless taxis to pick people up to go wherever. Um, so California, and this was the, 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 the senator in California, state senator that introduced this, his name is Alex Padilla, and uh, coincidentally, he is the same senator who also, uh, and some of your uh, listeners may recall, uh, he was the same senator who introduced the bill that banned alcoholic energy drinks uh, oh. in the state, uh, and that became law. That's going to send him uh, a little know, thank so you note for our, that. Our, you know, our beer with caffeine, even, you know, that it killed the moonshot beer enterprise. Uh, they went, you know, the four loco law. Um, so, um, 
And the worst part about Alex Padilla doing this, this guy has a, he has a mechanical engineering degree from MIT, and, you know, he should be the last person who should be, you know, regulate something before it even moves, you know, a technophobe. Um, but, you know, that's exactly how he's behaving. You know, that's the, that's the California impulse. Well, and that's at least, you know, Senator Padilla's impulse. <laughs> You know, and what California's done here is uh, drive business. It, uh, sadly, what it's doing a, a great deal of the time is drive business to other places. I mean, oh, ab- ab- absolutely. California is by far it's it is, it is the worst business climate in the country. And you know, and there's some people um, who come out and say, "Well, look, you know, the the." Uh, uh, population in California continues to grow, and you know, and we're still getting you know middle skilled jobs growth. Except the problem with that is that you know, for one, for the population growth, once you sub- once you subtract international migration and the births minus deaths figures, and focus only on domestic migration, uh, California is a is a is a population loser. People who are already there are fleeing, and when they talk about the the middle skilled uh, jobs, which you know that's, that's a very good indicator of economic health. Um, they say, oh, well, that's been growing. But from 20, uh, 2001 to 2011, California grew at 2%, grew those middle-skilled jobs at 2%. The rest of the United States, and this was not necessarily the best time, uh, the, the, the best climate for jobs uh, and economic growth, the rest of the United States grew at 6%, and Texas grew at almost 20%. Wow. So, uh, you know, California is, you know, it's chasing people out. I mean, the, the, the government is extremely adversarial to, to business, whether you're a, you know, a large corporation like Google, or if you're just a small business uh, trying to get by and trying to, trying to start up, uh, put food on the table. So California, uh, the, uh, sadly, this is all too typical of, of the way that their pop, uh, politicians and bureaucrats operate. Um, so I can't say that, you know, I'm particularly surprised uh, by this, you know, this recent event. Now, I mean, you know, the obviously there are listeners in California that are going to be a little bit upset, but uh, upset by this. But you know, what what I think to myself is, how does this affect me? I mean, obviously, the National Transportation Safety Administration needs to get their needs to be able to find their butt with both hands, which is going to be really difficult for them. But I mean, is it going to slow down this driverless car technology that uh, that uh, frankly c- could revolution? I mean, it could solve the global global warming problem that everybody's talking about i mean it could it could have so many wide-ranging effects right Cut that would down be positive traffic congestion uh dramatically reduce i mean we're talking about reducing auto deaths which we have about thirty thousand a year now uh to a fraction of that and we could do that even with you know we're, we're talking single uh, single digit uh market penetration we can start smoothing out traffic flows and congested urban areas and they're and thereby uh, uh reducing uh air pollution so i mean you know even the just right out right out of the uh right out of the bat this thing is going to revolutionize travel even though you know you're probably going to see it's going to uh, you were saying it's going to revolutionize uh, uh, auto travel here in the United States how is it what 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 kind of things besides what you know i can come up with in my mind you've you've studied this more what is it that it's going to do to change things well i mean the big things that this is going to do and one thing that i follow a lot is is, is traffic congestion and you know that the, the the texas transportation institute every year puts out its a, uh, annual urban mobility report and they come up with a figure of about 115 billion dollars at least that was last year's that traffic congestion so wasted fuel and time okay. of of commuters trying to get where they're uh, trying to go um, but that doesn't that actually doesn't even figure in another 
uh, probably about another $100 billion of traffic congestion costs, and that's in the, the freight side of things. That's in, the, that's in the trucks and that's in business travel. So we're looking at around $200 billion of, 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 of traffic congestion economic costs every year. And once we get autonomous vehicles, which, you know, have, you know, far uh, uh, faster response times than human beings, uh, and they can make these, you know, they can make the, uh, they can start uh, spacing themselves out correctly. They see what congestion looks like up ahead. Uh, they can start merging uh, properly. I mean, merging actually is a big uh, cause of urban congestion. It's just people, yeah. you know, kind of getting skittish in there. Um, and this, th- th- this doesn't have that problem. So, and that's why, you know, with only, you know, a, a three to five percent market penetration with autonomous vehicles, you could see massive reductions, uh, for, like double digit reductions. In, uh, in urban traffic congestion. Well, so, I mean, the potential is just massive. And when you reduce urban traffic congestion, you also reduce the, resultant, the resulting local uh, air pollution. Now, so, it, yeah, it solves, a lot of, it solves a lot of problems that, you know, environmentalists have been trying to socially engineer the way that people live, uh, and this does it just by, you know, uh, you know an, innovative, uh, an innovative firm right. coming up with a great product that's going to, you know, completely revolutionize the way we get around. It seems like all the, uh, you know, the, the environmentalists out there want to, uh, you know, change the, uh, benefit the environment by taking away from your life. This adds to your life and benefits the environment at the same time. And that's why I think technology, if there is... Um, you know, something around this global warming, which, you know, there's a lot of information about it. And I don't know one way or the other. I don't know. But I know that government and, and uh, you know, NGOs and lobbyists, they're not the ones that are going to save us. <laughs> it's the technology producers. And when you mention trucks, I mean, obviously other people have thought about this, but I mean, that would be it's going to change everything. I mean, it's going to lower the price of products delivered to the store. Currently, it's 10 hours. Um, a, a truck driver is allowed to be on the road 10 hours a day. This will allow them to be on the road you know, I mean, all they have to do is be there for when they, you know, get gas and, uh, you know, park and, and all those things. I mean, when they start, right. when they and stop. They, you know, and this will completely, you know, once this takes off, it'll completely gut, um, you know, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration regulations, the very onerous regulations uh, that they put on, uh, on on truckers and trucking firms that, uh, in particular, disproportionately affect uh, independent owner-operators. Yeah. Um, so I think this will be this will be a massive improvement for that. Um, and you're going to see. I mean, one thing that I've that I've thought about is that you know you know the, the environmentalists and sort of smart growth uh, crowd have long been pushing for or new urbanists or whatever they're calling themselves this week uh, have long been pushing for transit oriented development and things like that. They want to get everyone out of their cars, their personal vehicles, and into uh, a train or a bus. Probably right. a train because they just find them cooler. This yes. is going to completely. Uh, it's going to make much of that technology, uh, uh, the, the mass transit technology, completely obsolete. Now, I, I think we're still going to have subways in Manhattan, but when you're looking at the rest of the country uh, where you don't see that kind of density, uh, I don't think you're going to need it. I mean, you're, you're going to be able to, uh, and, you know, one of these things, you know, if they make, say, we have hot lanes on freeways now um, and, and things like that, HOV lanes. Right. If you would uh, convert ex- uh, some existing highway lanes to, say, driverless-only lanes, you would be able to pack these things in there, you know, maybe spaced eight inches to a foot apart. Like a train. Uh, traveling at 65, 70 miles an hour, and it would be far safer than existing conditions. So yep. you'd be able to, you know, quadruple, triple or quadruple um, traffic volumes 
and maintain better flows. Also, so I think it's a, it, it's, you know, I mean, the, the, the impact of this, I mean, just cannot be understated. And when they talk about inefficiencies in the marketplace, and, and there certainly are inefficiencies in the marketplace, there's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, absolutely. But, um, you know, when you have the commies talking about inefficiencies in the marketplace, I guess they are extolling the, the efficiencies of government at the, the same time. I don't well, right. know. Right, yeah. I mean, but, which, is a, which is a bigger problem? <laughs> the, you know, a, a, market, a so-called market failure or the more likely government failure, a right. much more costly government but, failure. Uh, I mean, just think about how many how many people how many households have two three four cars that are sitting most of the time i mean how few cars would be necessary on the road if you're calling these up these things up at certain times and you know maybe some businesses can stagger their hours in order to uh, avoid rush hours and stuff like that but I mean, if you if you can schedule a car to be at your house, you know, be if I can schedule a car to be at my house at six p.m. when I'm ready to come to work, I wouldn't need a car, you know. Right, Take me and, home. you know, it gives people it gives people more choices, and perhaps you'd still want to have a car because you know, I mean, you would be able to at least as it's conceived right now, you would be able to disengage. Uh, the autonomous driving function and go into manual mode. And, you know, people do like, people do enjoy driving, at least when they're not uh, stuck in traffic, uh, or a lot, or many people do, I should say. I personally don't drive. So, uh, but um, I think, yeah, I mean, this, this allows people to, I think, better, uh, uh, better live out the lives that, uh, that they, that they want to. And, you know, if that means you're going to have fewer cars or perhaps no car, um, Fine, great. Uh, and if you know if you're going to keep your car um, and and just uh, and and you know maybe you won't get a driverless car or maybe you'll keep a you know a, if you're into classic cars or things like that you'll keep one of those just to you know just to drive around sure. uh, to enjoy it. So I mean, but yeah, this allows uh, you know uh, it gives people so many more options. And uh, in addition to giving them more options, it gives them very uh, it, like just by satisfying those basic preferences, it satisfies their you know their time constraints that they have you know if you everyone wants to get someplace by some time if they don't have to if they really don't have to plan for traffic congestion i mean think about how many more places people are going to be able to get uh and more often so i mean i think this is you know i think it's i think it's just great i mean i've heard some people have been skeptical and i just i just don't get it i mean i think everything about this sounds well, sounds wonderful i'm skeptical in the sense that it's uh, skynet and i'm afraid that uh, i'm i'm afraid that when it has its first accident it has to happen um that people will uh, you know, turn on it like they, you know, tend to turn on all kinds of new technology, even though it's statistically a hundred or a thousand times safer than some but an individual driving a car. Because it doesn't have a face, they may be, you know, they may, may be more difficult. Right. And no, I understand where you're coming from. And there are sort of, I guess there are these liability issues, but, um, from what I understand, um, so right now we have uh, in, in new cars, and unfortunately this was mandated uh, 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 recently, uh, but you need to have the, what are called um, event data recorders. And essentially what you would do for, for, for an autonomous vehicle, it would be basically you would, you would upgrade that. So what that tells you, that can tell you when the accident happens and what system on the car fails. So if it's a, if it's a driver that out, and these have been used in civil and criminal cases already, um, 
You can figure out if it's an automotive system failure. And then in the case of the, of the driverless tech, uh, you'd be able to figure out if it's a software failure. So you'd be able to assign liability. Now, I'm not saying that this would be, you know, that this could happen instantaneously. This stuff would obviously need to work through courts, but, you know, so do other, you know, traffic incidents all the time. Sure. So, I mean, we do have a legal system that, uh, that I think is prepared to deal with this. It's just a matter of uh, making sure we can a- uh, accurately determine uh, what is at fault and then assigning, and then assigning that fault. I, so I, I, I've got I where you're coming from, Mark, but when this hits some uh, you know, kid that runs out in the middle of the street after his ball and it gets called the Jimmy Law in order to outlaw these faceless killing machines, <laughs> I really do fear that um, you know, in some places that this is going to be able to go through because it's amazing the power of a, of, of a crying mother as a lobbyist. Right, but I think those accidents are going to be so few and far between. Like, I, I, I had the opportunity to test ride one of these uh, in Washington, D.C. Yeah, right. uh, a couple weeks ago, and it is, it, it is the most cautious. It, the, the, the Google driverless system is the most cautious driver I've ever seen, uh, and part of that is the way the technology works. Um, so it, 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 has a, it has a laser array on top of it that is continually scanning uh, the environment, and basically it's picking up every, obviously we're talking streetlight stanchions, cones, uh, ro- and other road features, pedestrians, uh, cyclists, other automobiles parked or moving. Um, but right now it's actually so sensitive that uh, they think that they, you know, something like a, with a, um, with a radar, uh, like a, a metallic object that would have a large enough radar cross-section, say even like a, a crumpled can of soda, uh, that could potentially trigger a crash avoidance response. Uh, and we actually, you know, it was pretty smooth when I was in there. Um, it did, it slowed down for a pedestrian that was in a crosswalk and then completed the turn. But there was one instance where a cyclist uh, biked alongside of us on the right and the car got a little spooked. Um, so it's, a, it's an extremely cautious uh, technology, and that's, right. you know, obviously they're trying to minimize any sort of liability because, you know, like the, the concerns that you just expressed, uh, those are well known to them uh, because they really do want to see this technology succeed. Uh, I mean, obviously they want their company, Google wants their company to succeed, but, you know, for the whole project uh, of, of autonomous uh, vehicles. It's incredible. Uh, so- um- Mark, we're going to have to, to wrap it up. Uh, folks, uh, get involved with uh, CEI, the Competitive Enterprise Institute. How will they, how will they go about doing it? Uh, we're on the web at, at CEI.org, and we've got, a, uh, we've got a policy blog up at openmarket.org. Excellent. Mark, when you uh, find something new and exciting, get a hold of me, okay? Oh, definitely will, Mark. Thank you. Bye. Uh, all right. Thank you. Bye-bye.